only for him as he calls on the power of sand Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. Joe. And I'm JP. How's it going, fellas? It's just been Halloween weekend. Did you have a good weekend? You had a good week. Lots of wrestling to watch. How's things in general? No trick or treaters, so I'm alright no. with that. Oh. <laughs> Do you not get anywhere you live, Joe? You're, you live in like a nice, quiet little estate. I would have thought you get quite a few. Uh, well, I live in a, a close that's mm. full of chill. I'm like the only person who has that many kids in that close. Do they know about you? Is that what it is? They've, they've heard about the, the legends of Rev Joe and they don't know. <laughs> Quite possibly, but I'm also not a massive alpha male and most of what well, I don't think I am. Am I JP? No, no, no not really. Most yeah. of my clothes is full of like, like blokes and they don't, <laughs> they don't seem to like talking to me. Like uh, the day I moved in, I said hello to him. I think I said, all right, mate, to my neighbours outside having a fag. <laughs> and he just ignored me. And I thought, did he hear me? He said, you're all right, mate, again. And he continued to ignore me. And then my girlfriend's dad came in and said, the man outside just ignored me when I said hello to him. And he's continued to ignore me for the last two and a half years. <laughs> yeah. A nice little and, silent feud. Yeah. And the guy, the other side of him, they work together on a building site somewhere. He also thinks I'm a massive twat as well because I have to ask him to move his car occasionally because he blocks me and my girlfriend in. It's like... Yeah, don't block us in. I can't get the, my car out. Don't park like a cunt. Um, I've never had a confrontation with him, but he likes to make comments under his breath and all the rest of it. I basically live in a close with some proper dickheads, like young families. In Because I live in like a shared ownership close. Mm. So you can own up to 80% of your house, and but you can earn anywhere from like, 10 to 80, 80 percent the max you can dangerously earn. classist here aren't we joe no nah, i kind of am being <laughs> aren't I? but as an example god this is going to sound terrible um every time me and my girlfriend go and vote we look at the, like the list where it's got like our close and we try and look at how many people have voted in our close mm. and during the european elections we went to vote at like 8 p.m and we saw that only two other houses in our close of 25 houses had voted so it's like, yeah, sort of tells you about, yeah, yeah. the engagement around our way. <laughs> and I think during election, during the 2017 election, we had a Labour and a Lib Dem uh, poster up in the window. Mm-hmm. And we were the only house in our entire close to have anything up. So, yeah, disengaged. Anyway, what, what am I talking about? <laughs> Did everyone else have Halloween stuff up? I don't know. I don't know how we get back to that. You don't have a pumpkin up. And no? my girlfriend told me you got to have a pumpkin in the window for people to come to you for Halloween these days, which I didn't know about. That's true, JP. You're a dad, you'd know. No, I'm, I don't have to do it anymore because they're that bit older. Thank mm, God. Yeah, you got the it's just a case of they just want the sweets. <laughs> they just cut to the chase at this stage, but they're not willing to go anywhere for it. Is that why you had all them skills? Um... It was they were just on an offer, mate. Oh, right. They just they just have skittles. Their work. They're, just, they're just skittles that you have in the house. It was a, it was a big bag of skittles that were on like massively reduced for eighty p. There was nothing wrong with them. That's I thought. why I had them I had teasers. Oh, is that why? Yeah, because I got them in for trick or treaters. It was a quid for a big pack of Aldi, uh, but no one came round, so I've just been eating them to myself. So oh, can't complain. <laughs> Cheers, trick or treaters for not coming. <laughs> See, what I, about I, you, Barry? Did you do something for it? No, I just had that we did like a do was like a Christmas horror movie night, so we tried to do like a Halloween one this year. We watched Zombievers, 
which is quite a good film. Bill Bear in it, about zombie beavers. It was actually quite funny. It was all right. Okay. Made for like 150 grand or something. Good, cheap horror film. One of my mates thought it'd be hilarious to watch uh, Unplanned because we thought it'd be the scariest movie of uh, the autumn season. I don't know if you've heard of it. It's the uh, the film paid for by evangelical Christians to scare people off uh, abortions. It was something else. The, uh, but honestly, it was like the uh, all of the people working in like the um, Planned Parenthood places were the bad guys, and they were like evil people, like you know, stroking Jesus. stroking the chins and just waiting for somebody, another victim to come in to uh, to, to to kill their babies for them. It, it wasn't a horror film; it just sounds like one. Uh, we just watched it because we thought it'd be funny, and it was quite hilarious. There, uh, if anyone saw it on Twitter, there, there was a I put a gif a video up of uh, there's a you scene. There's a scene in it where uh, an abortion was performed and they presented it like it was real and the baby was struggling and kicking and trying not to be taken out by the doc this sounds horrible i know as i describe it but it's fucking hilarious like the the doc i think the doctor start i can't remember what his quote was it was something like boom goes the dynamite or something like that as he uh oh as he was the I was watching it thinking, none of these actors, they've probably never worked before, but they're probably never going to work again. Uh, Yeah, unplanned. uh, Look it up on IMDb. It's a a real thing. Don't buy it. Don't give them any money. Torrent it. Um, Although I would say, I put put that video up on Twitter, JP, and I I noticed like some Polish people were having an argument about uh, abortion, and one of them used my tweet as an example of what what abortion looks like and why it's so evil. So, yeah, unfortunately, the... uh, Wow. It was lost on the uh, the, the, the Polish uh, anti-abortion people. So that was my weekend, yeah. The good horror film, to be yeah. honest, uh, although not supposed to be one. Took quite a swerve towards the end there, didn't it, with the um, with that video? It sounds Jeez. like them, you know, the um, films that the Scientologists make it out that mm. sound absolutely mad yeah. that you hear about these insane... Oh, that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, like the film, the film ended with them changing the law to make abortion illegal and knocking down the local Planned Parenthood centre. Never mind the fact that you know yeah. lots of good things happen at Planned Parenthood, conception uh, issues, yeah. you know, other issues that you know for women's women health care providers. Women's aren't health, they? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh my god, yeah, it was, uh, it was something else. Did you? Did you watch any uh, anything that scary this weekend? I'm guessing not. I think you can beat that. Um, the only thing I'd say on the same subject, Benno. If the NRA start funded films, we might at least get like a rebirth of like the 70s vigilante crime thriller, which I'm kind of up for. Because as much as I hate the NRA and think they're a terrible organisation, I do love a right wing 70s vigilante crime thriller. <laughs> so if the NRA want to start putting their money into, I don't know, a new Death Wish series, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway. If they could do some good, that could be it. I'd take a new Death Wish. I was thinking sort of 80s action films, kind of Arnie-type stuff. Mm. Um, Still making Terminators. It's not done well, though, apparently. I think people are just just had enough. As a kid, I remember being desperate for Terminator 3, and now we've had like 27 of them, and I don't really care anymore. I'll be up for a new Universal Soldier saying all that. If Goldberg was in it. Oh, what? Yeah, mate, Universal Soldier Regeneration, or whatever it was, fucking awesome film. Is that the really? one with Goldberg in it? Podcast or? Once. Jesus. It's a cracking film. Lundgren is in one scene and it is a belting scene, I tell you. Honestly, it's legitimately a good film. It was on ITV4 years yeah. ago. Me and brother recorded it thinking that would be a laugh. And we're like, this is legitimately good. Like, okay. Honestly, give it a watch. Fair, I'm always up for some Van Damme. Mm. Yeah. He's, yeah, yeah, definitely. I think the last one I watched was that one with Roger Moore and it was set in, was it set in Israel? 
Universal Soldier? No, it wasn't Universal. I'm thinking the last Van Damme film oh, I watched. Hi. Do you know what I'm thinking of? It couldn't have been in the Quest. That was quite some time ago. And Roger Roger Moore's in that. It's it's shite from beginning to end. There was some sort of conspiracy end times one he did, and it was set in Israel. And I've, I've, there was someone else. I, I'll have to look it up. I can't be bothered right now. Anyway, Van Damme. Yeah, Rick yeah, Moore is in nice the Quest, coming but it doesn't sound like that because the Quest's like a bit like a Bloodsport remake, essentially. It's like a big it like, fighting tournament yeah. with all different... It's basically like UFC 1. Uh, all different fighting styles come to fight. I know Roger... I remember Roger Moore's in it, but I can't actually remember if that's that's the setup or if there's anything desert-based, but no, that's a good one. Maybe they could remake that. Speaking of, um, like... Uh, first UFC. Did you both watch the UFC from the weekend? Yeah. No, I didn't. There was a lot on this weekend. My day yesterday, I I made sure I watched Match of the Day Saturday evenings. I knew it would be hard to get in the next day. So I woke up, watched UFC, followed by New Japan, followed by a drive to the cockpit, followed by Rev Pro, followed by the Canelo fight when I got in and finished in New Japan. It was a day of just men fighting in various <laughs> forms, basically. Yeah, it was a fun day. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've got time on my phone. I knew Darren Till was fighting. I knew that it was a big main event. I knew The Rock was there as well. Uh, but I've literally, I came out to I've his music. Oh yeah, but I, I did see that footage. He looked great. He got a bigger pop than Donald Trump. He did. That was good fun. Any of the booing. There's a lot of kind of hand wringing about. That's not the way to behave. That's the way to behave, people. <laughs> I, I'm very proud. So I was at Kate. I was at uh, the Olympic boxing in 2012 when. Um, Katie Taylor and Nicola Adams um, were both fighting on it in the semi-finals. I was there with my dad. It was, oh, it was absolutely amazing. And then up on the big, they they had then a spotlight go over and introduced Amir Khan, gets a big ovation. Then David Cameron was sat next to him, oh, booed out the fucking house. I was like, get in. Love it. And there's also, obviously, because Katie Taylor was fighting, big Irish contingent, more than happy to join in. I think even some of the American fans did, just thought it seemed like good fun. Was Cameron running around with some Huskies as well and talking about how much he loves Aston Villa, Oh West Ham. Oh West Ham, yeah, yeah. He never knows yeah. which one it is, does he? Yeah, or was he... Uh, or was it Burnley? God knows, anything Claret-based. Well, he said that Claret and Blue was just in his brain, didn't he? Yeah. Jesus. Did he stay for the fight? Um, Probably not, knowing him, the gobshine. <laughs> uh, I guess he had public services to cut, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was, it was one of the finest moments. I don't know if you remember George Osborne getting apps booed by the entire stadium. Was it in the... I want to say it was the Paralympics. And to get political here, don't believe that shite the Tories are saying about investing in public services. It won't happen. If they're claiming that they want to cut taxes, how are they going to invest that amount of money in public services? Absolute bollock to try and get swing voters on board. So if anyone's considering voting Tory out there... Privatisation. ...and you're thinking you want good public services... Don't listen to the cunts. Look at their track record. Awful. <laughs> Think of the last nine years. Mine and JP's job has suffered the last nine years, hasn't it, JP? Yeah. Yeah. Ben, has your job suffered last nine years? I work in the public sector as well, and yes, it has, yeah. Uh, yeah. Fuck them Tory cunts. Don't go and vote for them on December the 12th. Stick with a good grapple spotlight vote and go for a party. You stand on the left-hand side yep. of uh, of life. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, Joe, if you make 85 grand, you're going to get taxed an extra 20 quid a month. So, you know, can't have that. Honestly, there are idiots <laughs> who ever go, oh, I just want a bit more of me money. It's like, you earn like 25 grand a year. Yeah, like, I'm... come on. Like, you're going to thrive in the biggest way possible for having better public services than you are an extra... Fifteen pound a month to spend on what? Yeah. 
a few pints down Weatherspoons. But hey, Weatherspoons <laughs> have said cheaper beer if we uh, leave the EU. So, you know, looking bright. <laughs> and that's the important thing. Uh, do you reckon all, all your neighbours? all your neighbours? Do you reckon are they all closet Tories? Are the don't know? Are the, are the Weatherspoons drinkers? Is this why you don't get on, John? I'd describe them as apolitical. Uh, mm. The guy who's a door away from me is all right, actually. Saints fan as well. Uh, mm. From near from near the area, not quite from Southampton. He is all right, though, and his wife's all right, and their kids are all right. Andy, a couple of football players I see out on the green there as well. Some good shots going in. Um, <laughs> but I think they're apolitical, but probably Brexiteers, if I was to judge based purely on appearance <laughs> and the cars they drive. Amazing. Like the harsh, judgmental man that I am. <laughs> it's the same keen eye you take to wrestling. Absolutely. Yeah. Speaking of which, did you know it was uh, three years ago this week that the ITV World of Sport tapings happened? Remember, three years ago when uh, when Brit Res looked like it was we were ready for a big boom period? That popped up. It was, my, wasn't um, it? Popped up on my time hop this week. It made me laugh because like, I literally went to that initial uh, World of Sport tape and found out from Twitter that both the Ogdens were there. Apparently, Jeff Ogden was in the bar rather than in the actual uh, <laughs> venue itself, which makes sense. Uh, apparently, he, was, uh, he couldn't get in until uh, somebody vacated the seat. So quite a few of our, our listeners uh, pointed out that they were there as well. The swingers club, weren't they? <laughs> Keep it at IOS, yeah. Um, <laughs> they kept the uh, the Lexi Bell talk going, by the way, on Graps and Claps. Definitely listen to that from this weekend. Um, yeah, quite funny. Like look, looking back, seeing how many people were there. Like I, I was the only, I was the one who uh, leaked the spoilers from that initial pilot taping to Twitter and to to Melter. Led to me writing stuff for Indie Corner. Led to Martin reading my uh, reading my stuff and asking me on his podcast. Led to me creating a podcast with you two. What a historic event that uh, first ITV World of Sport uh, taping was. Never mind the actual uh, wrestling stuff that it uh, that it, uh, it left in its way. Um, what a legacy! Uh, three years. It's like the um, Sex Pistols' first gig at the Manchester. Was it lesser free trade all? Oh, yeah, that's when. Did like New Order or Joy Division meet there? They were there. Mick Hucknall. Mick was Hucknall there. was apparently there. Who wasn't there? Yeah. <laughs> Tony Wilson was there. Is, is Jeff Ogden yeah, or yeah. Mick Hucknall? Is that what it is? He is. Or is isn't that he? Andy? he was very much yeah. The, the, the Mick Hucknall. Mick Hucknall. Hucknall's a red, and I think Jeff's a sea fan, isn't he? So he might take. Uh, might take great offence to that. Although, can you see him? I could see Jeff swooning a tune like Mick Hucknall. Oh, definitely. I could see him belting out some simply red. Is he a City fan? I thought they were Rochdale. Jeff's a City He's City fan. Oh, I didn't know that. Well, don't know what to think about it now. Anyway, uh, World of Sport. <laughs> yeah, this podcast. Yeah. It was funny when you said it, yeah, the little kind of sliding doors effect. Uh, could- can you actually remember any of the matches that happened on that card? Oh, Big Dave Mastiff against uh, Grado in the main event. You know, Big Daddy versus Giant Haystacks. Uh, reignited. Uh, there was fucking Davey Boy Smith Jr. doing the British Bulldog Jr. act. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can't Do you have foam fingers? <laughs> there was lots of foam fingers. About. I remember being told that we weren't allowed to uh, swear. There were certain things we weren't allowed to chant. They didn't want people doing the one fall thing. And I remember thinking, you know what? I like these ITV a lot. I think they know what they're, not, they're onto something. Um, I remember those being the rules. Obviously not a report and the results was a rule, but I was literally in there taking photos. And uh, as soon as after the sh- after the show, me and Carl, me mate Carl went to the uh, went to a pub nearby, completely ignored them just so I could, uh, while they were fresh in my brain, stooge off the results. They're kind of my main memories of it. Uh, 
But yeah, I don't remember being hugely hopeful for it. Uh, what I do remember, though, is like I, I fed that report to the Observer and they printed it. And I remember the week after, I think uh, Meltzer had talked to Jim Ross and got a load of counterpoints about how great it was going to be and how there were more people there than was reported in the Observer that I'd, that I'd given uh, at a few other points like that. And then here we are. Three years later, Jim Ross is in AEW. Uh, how after a, a stint on ice in WWE and after half of that ITV World of Sport roster as well have been signed by WWE too. Quite the legacy, but you know what? If it gave us anything, it gave us this podcast. And also, you guys got some free drinks out of it as well when you went to that uh, that initial, not the pilot taping, but the actual series. Uh, was it like an unveiling or something like that? Uh, it was. It's the end. one podcast. The lost episode I'm, of Spotlight. It would have destroyed our credibility. <laughs> Didn't you completely really? Completely would have destroyed our. Well, stop talking about it. Then. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I'll leave it like that. Oh, you had a few beers. Maybe felt a bit more positive on the show than. Yeah. I think as at the time I explained, my thought was ITV had made us sit through some shit there for a while. Yeah. Tactics truck, such like as well. I'd earn a few points on the eight, on the ITV budget <laughs> by that stage, <laughs> and I got them that yeah. day. Years, you had about eight pints of that Sierra Nevada Pale. Yeah, it was like I just went, I just went, fuck it, ITV are paying. I'm watching World of Sport. So I asked Doug picking up Red Bulls for Doug Williams. Why not? Fucking shits and giggles. You were Doug Williams ring boy. I was his. his I could see you and Doug Williams getting on. I could see that as like a little two. They did. Mm. Yeah, he's a couple good. of lads. <laughs> Not as well as him and Matty Edwards at MediaCon. <laughs> another story for another time. Weren't you were chatting to SoCal Val as well, JP? Good, good. Uh, no. Spent some time yeah, there. Have- yes. How'd you get on? Any good? Any any luck? Or? All right. No, it's very very nice. And I'll, I'll, and I'll it's best to leave it all out. <laughs> so Nothing right. bad happened. It was your all right. when you didn't know what to call it. All right. So. <laughs> all right, pal. <laughs> yeah. All right. So. Hello, Val. Oh, make it sound like she's been EastEnders. It? You what, should. Was there a photo of the two of you, like, uh, all close together yeah. on the couch? Joe, please send me that for the episode image. Oh, not um, again. Sure. <laughs> with <Bollocks>. pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> From ITV. So, yeah, with, I think there's foam fingers in her hand. You just got to remember, I'm eight points deep. I'm still <laughs> holding my shit together. I was all right. You've been at Milton Keynes recently. Because that's not where fun. she knocks up. That's where she lives, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. She was yeah, there was that. She loves Milton Keynes. What was the show we were at, and that she was good at? wrestling. That park. was it. Good, yeah. In in um, in Wolverton, in Milton Keynes, and it was like that's so Cal Val. Uh, you you spotted her a mile away, didn't you? <laughs> I was just slightly unsure of what was going on. Did you remember? Yeah, that was good. No, no, no. This was that was like a year before. That was oh, before. Oh, got it, got it. So um. I'm not stalking her and stuff. <laughs> You have to get a Milton Keynes, and I pity any. And that's not happening. Not Milton yeah, Keynes, that's... including those twat neighbours of mine. Amazing. Yeah, that's that, that's all people need to know. Like we were, you were there holding up the upstand, the reputation of the indie corner, and you know all all these promotions need to. Do you want a good review? Eight beers, nine beers, sort us out, and you'll probably get one. Yeah, that's it. I'm I'm up for some ticket. We're 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 hopefully embarking on a. Trying, trying to get along to a kind of a slightly different type of event. So, mm. fingers crossed, that mm. comes through. Because oh. you'll, you'll hear us mentioning that on here as well. But. <laughs> the way you saw it, I don't know what sort of event that's going to be. <laughs> no, it made it sound <laughs> people, people's imagine, You know, you probably should just tell the truth because I feel like people's imaginations are running wild. Oh, right, Bellator. Oh, okay. Be- that's, that's not what Be- I was thinking. Bellator MMA. Mm. MMA Spotlight. Yeah. Just going to hijack the thing. <laughs> Do you reckon anyone's going to do a Spanish fly at that show or...? 
<laughs> well, I'll tell you what, there was a knockout of the weekends in the first round the, on the main card in the first fight. That was brutal, wasn't it? It was absolutely vicious if you see it. It was like one of these highlight reel kicks. Mm. Um, just like a big kick to the face and he was just gone. And he just fell back into the cage as well. So it had the kind of look about it at the same time. Um, I thought that Kevin was Lee. the most horrifying thing I saw that weekend until uh, Song Kyun Min and Gomez happened. But hey, sorry, Ben. Yeah, it was a bad one. Though. Oh, I've seen people get really mad at, at Son. I, I, it was a bad tackle, but I, I, I don't know. Like I know maybe the all the headlines are oh, the Everton footlays were, were consoling him after the tackle. Maybe that was a bit rich, and I've seen a lot of Evertonians kick off. But uh, maybe it's the fact that I like Son as a player. Um, I, 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 mm. I, I, I think the reaction was pretty genuine, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's one. Of, I mean, it's it's gotten like the Gomez is out. I saw somebody <laughs> somebody go, "Oh, I wish it was Coleman instead." It's like, oh yeah, yeah, Seamus Coleman, oh. who spent the last ten years fucking killing himself for Everton, came back on a broken leg. Yeah, no worries. People, people, people's reactions to yeah. stuff like that is never—it's never going to be measured, is it? There was something that well, it was the Arsenal game. There was somebody being booed. Um, Your entire team, well. maybe? No, yeah, God, yeah. <laughs> well, at the minute, it's, I think it's all really directed at the manager at this stage. He'll be gone soon enough. Freddie will be in charge. Oh, and, who are they getting an NJP? Is it not a? Oh, sorry, if sorry. that fucking happens, <laughs> I'll tell you, you'll kick off. If Jose, it's it? <laughs> that sounds like bollocks from him to try and make it sound like people want him in a job. Rouse and Yelly doesn't seem like a fool. The bloke who runs the place now. I don't get, think he'd get be Wenger back in. No. Temporary manager for a bit. Nah. Diego Maradona, all about that for one year. Oh, yes, please. I, oh, I, imagine I, the documentary. Just to watch Maradona on the touchline. Assistant manager Gaza, maybe? He, he, he managed Kettering, didn't he, for a year? Wasn't your mate? Like the well, He wasn't my Kettering. mate. He was a bloke at university. He was one of these blokes. He was, he was a Spurs fan, so he hated me because I was an Arsenal fan. And it was like, you're not able to move past this this part of our relationship but we were in the same social circle he dropped out of uni didn't like it became a millionaire with a cleaning business and then he ended up uh, owning Kettering hiring Gazering because he's a obviously big Spurs fan Gazza at that point not in a good state at all I don't know how many days he lasted and then he gave an interview where he's just basically, look, I don't know enough about alcoholism to have to, have to deal with Paul Gascoigne. It was quite a brutal interview. I reckon the chairman was like the football equivalent of a money mark. Bought mm. a football team was like, oh, I love Gaza. Don't we all? Yeah. Before, I want to go on the piss with Gaza. I'm getting him in. I and mean, I'm just going to exploit him after a couple of nights in the piss and get rid. Do you, all, do you both remember that guy who won the Powerball lottery in the States and set up a women's promotion? Yeah, what no. was it called? What was but, the women's promotion called? Was it uh, Wrestlelicious? Wrestlelicious, yeah. Like Didn't he disappear off the face of the planet? Yeah, G- yeah, Jimmy Hart in. And it was basically, he was in this, yeah, and he did like a series of tapings and stuff. Do you watch it? I didn't see it. I remember hearing about this I'm at the time. I'm surprised you've not seen it, being the I did. spotlight women's correspondent. <laughs> I did <laughs> At the time, I don't think I don't know if this stuff was even released as much. It's probably out there, obviously. If it's over, send us the links. Um, and that Gaza documentary, yeah, Stephen Louch, I think his name is in it. Bless him. You I, I may not have had any joy. Okay, that's all. Okay, but if anyone, yeah, the Gaza in China one will throw it. Really, any Gaza-related content, I think, is definitely going to get some kind of a watch. Yeah, we'll get it. That we'll save it for the Patreon. Hopefully, Stephen Lodge, who was at the first ITV World of Sport taping as well, uh, hopefully he can sort was it out. Was he there as well? If not, yeah. See, murderers row of people. Uh, I know Joe Atherton was there as well. 
All kinds. Scottish. Yeah, he is. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. He, he said he, he said to me on Twitter that he made the trip all the way down, and when he got when he got to to Manchester, he realised that he left the oven on at home, and he had to call his landlord and get his landlord to go in and turn it off in case he set his entire building on fire. I think he had some strolls in the oven. I think is what he said. Something like that. Anyway. Jesus. Yeah. That's dedication. That. Oh, he'd have made him for the trip as well. <laughs> Sorry, boys. Well, he, had him, he had him to get into. Probably a bit charred, but, you know, nice yeah, little yeah. treat when you get in after a long drive. <laughs> Ready to go. See, I'm sure that was worth it. I'll uh, you let us know how you got on. But he's, anyway. He's a, he's, his flat didn't burn down. That's the main thing. That's the important thing. But anyway, we should probably, speaking of burning down tragedies, we should talk some wrestling probably at some point. Yeah. Um, some breaking news has come in as we uh, just were about to record, linked to the first thing we were going to talk about anyway, JP, WWE Succession, sorry, Crown Jewel, uh, as the uh, mm. WWE roster found themselves uh, stranded, uh, much like Roman in Succession, uh, held... Held hostage, if you believe some stories, or just delayed because there were mechanical issues with a plane uh, in Saudi Arabia, and then there was a pilot issue, and then they got delayed. Uh, it was a total of, what, 36 hours, something like that. Uh, apparently, there was rumour of Vince McMahon and uh, the Saudi prince having a, an argument about money. I'd listened to the WWE uh, conference call earlier that the day of crown jewel uh, and they'd outright said that there was a late payment uh, from the uh, the saudis uh, i think they owed them what 60 million and again there's been again rumor and conjecture but there's been reports of uh, uh, allegations that uh, do did get their 60 million but uh, apparently vince held them up held the saudis up and refused to air the show live uh, on saudi tv until uh, something was done or they resolved the issue again all rumors and conjecture but the dots do fit together i believe the uh, the show did air on a Saudi TV, but it was maybe what an hour and a half delayed, something like that. Yeah, added some smoke to that particular fire. Uh, what are you gonna say, Joe? He's like Doc Brown and the Libyans, isn't he? Imagine Vince, like, just like just refusing to just just to budge. He's he's there, standing with this murderous Saudi prince, and he's uh, (sighs) standing his ground on his uh, his 60 million that he wants. And the best part of the story is that if that is the reason that they all got delayed, and it's not just innocent flight delays, Vince jetted off on his own, left the roster behind, apparently sent another plane back for his 20 top stars, uh, of which, uh, you know, the vast majority of roster weren't part of, uh, including the likes of AJ Styles, who uh, had some Or Cain Velasquez. Cain Velasquez got left behind, and yeah. they all had to stay there uh, until they eventually were allowed to leave. Uh, the breaking news was that today it got announced that, uh, you, know, just, you know, there's been a lot of bad press for WWE and the, uh, the Saudi regime. Uh, they released a press Press release today that they're gonna uh, they're expanding the deal to 2027 uh, and they're gonna have two shows a year now. Um, they actually already well, two anyway. You it? already have two. Yeah, people have been saying it's like I saw people running with it, going, "See, see, things are okay." And other people pointing out exactly what you just said, Joe. Hang on. There was already two shows a year. This isn't a new announcement. Uh, I, I believe voices. So like Ryan Satin or someone. Uh, no, oh God, he's uh, didn't he sign? Is he? No. He's a rumor to sign with the. Uh, oh my! If, I know you're on Twitter, Joe, but if you read his tweets the last couple of months, it could be more obvious that he's signed. Well, oh, I've WWE. seen a few of them, his, mate. Don't worry. His tweets twat. read like DMs to Road Dog. It's just like, oh, I can't wait to see how WWE react with their backs against the wall this weekend. Fuck me. Um, 
God, you think wrestling journalists have, have more integrity? Like us, sinking nine beers are uh, our ITV exactly. press Yeah, <laughs> I had two pints. Joe, Joe's got the Joe's got the uh, the integrity there. JP, I'd be more like exactly. you. <laughs> I never anyway. had integrity in the first place. <laughs> uh, voices did uncover. Voices of wrestling did say that apparently there was talk that they were going to be going down to just doing one show a year and this announcement is kind of well we're going to carry on doing two but it screams of them trying to put out fires it screams of propaganda and just god what a hilarious story from start to finish vince leaving his talent behind all of it together just what a story i tell you what i bet jamal khashoggi which is he turned up at that turkish embassy with vince mcmahon in line because imagine if Vince was walking in there with him, he'd have got out of that Turkish embassy and they wouldn't have done what they'd done to him. Is that a bad joke? I don't know. But fucking hell, Vince can take on old uh, Mohammed bin Salman and hold him to ransom. He really Jesus does. He just, he won't be beaten. He beat the US government. He beat Ted Turner. Mm. He, he's going to beat the South. He's beating the Saudis at oh. their own game, JP. Um, he's walked away. He's got, he's got two big bags of money. He's got a plane home safely. He just had the small matter of leaving his wrestlers behind. Oh, well. Cost cost of doing business. AJ Styles gets beheaded. What are you going to do? Collateral damage. (laughs) Exactly. And they're all geeks anyway. Oh, they are. They're not going to unionise. I've seen people like David Starr's been tweeting unionise. I've seen Rovi replying to every tweet that a WWE wrestler does about this. You know, Carl Anderson's wife basically outright said, you're not going there again. Uh, The likes of Luke Harper um, having little veiled references to not being in the the, the top 20 you got a a jet home. Lots of people saying unionise, but the shithouses, they're not going to do it. The, The locker room has never been a bigger gang of marks than now. And if your locker room leader is Seth freaking Rollins, I don't think Seth Rollins is going to be leading any kind of mutiny at Raw tonight. Uh, they're going to do what they're told, and they're all going to be there for the for the two shows next year, aren't they? Yeah, all of them, mm. all of them. It, this is oh, it's kind of a completely unsurprising story. In I mean, I made one note. It was a link to the to the questions that are still outstanding about the sort of travel delays in Saudi Arabia that that kind of weren't answered at all about all of the various things um that they have done but they're just they're a fucking shit show (laughs) they're an absolute fucking shit show and shit house of a company yeah every like if they ever mcmahon as long if there's money involved he just couldn't give a fuck couldn't give a fuck Mm. leaving them there in santa couldn't give a shit Like, it's quite incredible how bad... Like, well, think of the human, the kind of respect he's got for human rights by leaving his wrestlers there. <laughs> and then think of the country... Going there in the first well, place. think of the country they're in when it comes to human rights. You yeah. know, it just kind of sums up his thoughts on how he views human beings, really, doesn't it? And his lack it, of interest in human beings. There's a couple of interesting sort of financial elements from this story that I did want to raise as well, because you were talking about the conference call. One of the mm. things it said is they'd... Oh, I, I don't know which category it falls into, but it was effectively like a profit of $3 million. And mm. it was well down from 120 which is the last yeah, batch yeah. of money that had come through. Mm. So this this part of this is getting the sixty million that they were owed for this one. Mm. And that's what what really because that's their money, isn't it? The Saudis and Fox TV. That's their big money well, money makers right now. The really strange thing about that is WWE sold a load of stock 
um, I remember seeing this something on on, on Reddit. But they, they a lot of them had sold a lot of stock in sort of preparation of this financial report because um, the stock ended up tanking. Well, I say tanking. It went down by a good sort of ten points or so within the day. It was like the lowest. Um, it was the lowest average that the stocks had been at for quite some time. Um, I don't know enough necessarily about the story, but I did see that they had um, they'd sold a ton of shares in the build up. And then being able to get this money and then being able to announce that they have this money in there as a hope of a way of rebounding the stock. Mm. That wouldn't surprise me if that's the kind of shit that they would do. And it may seem like some sort of slanderous comment on my part. But there's enough out there about it. it They'll be covered, just, Sorry? They'll cover themselves, oh, though. Like, it won't be... Of course they do. I don't it's think that's reason. As you've yeah. said a number of times, it's wrestling. Just get away with it. <laughs> it's astonishing. If any... If there was, How's like, a, a big Premier story? League team yeah. being run like this, can but you imagine the, the level of investigation? Team, imagine... Arsenal's players getting left behind in Saudi Arabia. Uh, like the, the manager and the coaching staff all got off <laughs> and the chairman gets off. Depends which players, mate. That's True, actually. <laughs> actually, yeah. Maybe leave them there. <laughs> but yeah, it's fucking, but yeah, imagine like in any other, any other like industry, how, how big a story would this be? The fact that it's not, yeah. it's just hilarious. Like, yeah. The like, fact they're in Saudi Arabia in the first place. Yeah, yeah. The and star, it's now yeah. commonplace. And now they're bringing up the name again, aren't they? Mm, yeah. Like and, on TV, they're saying Saudi Arabia again. It's the, mm. There's a kind of normalisation process of this is the thing they do. But do you know what? Ultimately, they get to say that there was um, a match involving two women who had to be dressed. Oh, my in, God. Yeah. Ridiculous way for it to happen. And that somehow nullifies <laughs> any of this shit yeah. as well. I really think uh, something I'd like to see happen is a proper investigative piece on this by yeah. a big mainstream publication. Mm. Something like the New York Times gone to yeah. this. That would be Washington perfect. Post, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Or because uh, Shoggy worked for the Washington Post, didn't he? He did work for the Yeah, so yeah. I think it would be within their interest. If mm. someone's a whistleblower who was on that plane wants to go and sell their story, more power to them. Do it, I say. Mm. Um, but at the same time, when it comes to this, the fact that you've been used as a pawn in the game, like I just feel sorry for the guys who were involved in this oh, completely. F- fuck them, the but marks. But also, when it comes to this weird Saudi Arabian bollocks, right, and the guys who got out, right, so Lesnar got out with Heyman on a private jet, mm-hmm. right? Okay, Flair, Hogan, and Jimmy Hart go out on a private jet. Yep. Vince, Kevin Dunn, and Triple H, I'm assuming, go out as well. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So, and Fury gone out, okay. and it's just unsure which so, jet he got out on. In terms of, like, yeah. human empathy, right, yeah. What I don't know how many seats are on their private jets, but surely you would try and cram and get as many people on as these jets as you possibly could. I wouldn't be surprised if they were gone before most of them actually got to the Probably, airport. Probably, yeah. But yeah. what the fuck? Like, they must have known this situation was coming as well. Yeah, doesn't give a shit. Like that? Mm. Like, that is quite unbelievable. I think in his mind, <laughs> what a fucking crazy statement to come out with. <laughs> the only assumption is, in his kind of completely amoral universe that he lives in, he's probably thinking, well, they're not going to kill them because they're high profile and they're on TV. So they'll be set back eventually. They'll be all right. And they get to live out their childhood dream working for me. Marks. Someone needs to whistleblow on this desperately. Like I saw AJ Styles. It's not going to change is otherwise, already, is it? Oh, AJ, I saw AJ Styles is already covering this up. Ah, he's a Tory, isn't it? Not happening with him. He's, he's going to tow the company. I love AJ Styles as a wrestler, but 
He's going to tow the company line. There's no, I, I don't know these wrestlers. But I love that like a Daniel Bryan or a Kevin Owens have refused to go out there. Miz didn't go. I wonder whether that's a, a political statement or not. Maybe you'll get more of that. You'll get more people like saying, okay, next time I'm not going. Group me with Daniel Bryan and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who's not allowed to go because he's Syrian in the first place. But I don't know. I, I can't see anybody standing up. Brian, with his good liberal credentials, needs to get on the blower to David Starr, <laughs> and he needs to get unionize. he needs to unionise this lot. He needs to make an impact because this could be uh, Daniel Bryan's probably my favourite wrestler of all time. Yeah. But if he wants a lasting legacy, honestly, I think he's one of the only mm. people who's got the balls to do something like that, possibly in that company. Because I don't know who else has. Uh, I don't know. Though but, at the same yeah. time, like uh, he still signed with them, didn't he? You know, he had the, he went out there, he did. Like pressure the, from the wife. Yeah, I, I always think that with that, you know, maybe it's a sexist thing to think, but you would think Daniel Bryan, the man, will be having the time of his life out there working New Japan and AEW and killing it on the indies. Mm. He, I, I just I can't, maybe I'm just living in a dream world, but I could, I'd, I'd imagine that would be the much more appealing prospect to him than than working WWE for how many years? Making a difference contract? in AEW right now. Yeah, he could be. Uh, he had a great match with Adam Cole this week. At least there's that. But yeah, he's yeah. not really setting the light on fire within WWE, is he? But I don't know, again, with, even with him, yeah, I could see him being more of like a conscientious objector. Just, the whole thing's just hilarious. Like last week, I almost felt like I was too harsh on the t-shirt stuff. Uh, and I listened to uh, the Andes podcast, which I'm made up as black, the, uh, the A-Square podcast, and Andy oh, yeah. Q as ever. Um, big sponsor, I mean, a fan, uh, a friend of this <laughs> podcast, uh, Andy Q is <laughs> the voice of reason on that, basically saying, you know, I'm sure they didn't mean for it to be what it was it was more the fact that he didn't apologize that was the problem i was thinking yeah maybe that's that's more of a tack maybe we shouldn't have gone so hard on the fuck wwe stuff but you know what after this week fuck wwe fuck like, yeah. big trump fundraiser fuck him <laughs> it's just In the same yeah. way de niro went on cnn and told and about said fox news fuck him to, <laughs> about donald trump yeah, yeah. fuck him did, did yeah. you watch any fuck. of did you watch any of Crowd Jewel just while we're, we're giving them shit? Kane and Fury? Uh, uh, I watched Kane Velazquez die in two minutes. <laughs> Even like, remember yeah. when he was doing all those lucha rolls and shit when we watched Triple Mania? Yeah. What, what happened to that Kane Velazquez? Uh, he's gone. I mean, you, I suppose you can't really do that with Brock, but they just went out there and had like a 30, how long was it? 90 second MMA match? Two minutes because I watched it on Twitter because it fit in written <laughs> yeah, perfectly. Someone sent that. me a link. Great. <laughs> oh, it was a shit show. Tyson Fury looked like third day of wrestling school bad like i honestly i got i'm interested didn't what did watch you, the match saw the entrance great the en- entrance, great entrance <laughs> I will. it is fucking saudi what did you give um kane brock on on grapple because i gave that i think i gave it a star and a half which kind of feels a lot i think i gave that to fury braun as well because i was kind of looking at it going well it was terrible but more than anything i was impressed that braun strober managed to put together a wrestler match with someone who clearly didn't know how to wrestle like tyson fury he looked like again people you'll see bumping in any wrestling school in the country in their in their shorts and t-shirts on any given weekend he looked awful uh that couldn't have been any more obvious of a of a of a, of a money grabbing yet uh, though the, it's i think it's safe to say uh neither match uh, really delivered there as far as like uh star ratings go i mean i'm just looking at crown uh, looking at the crown jewel star ratings now lesnar kane velasquez on grapple average of 1.39 i actually gave it 1.25 
and Braun Tyson Fury. I gave it 1.5 just because of the work of Braun to pull something together. Average on grapple 1.36. Fucking hell. Shit shows, both of them. And at the same time, they rushed into both because these Saudi shows dictate the direction and they kind of dictate you blowing your load on big potential money matches at the same time. So Velazquez, Lesnar, I think there was money in that. I was kind of excited when I thought, yeah. oh, they're going to do this. I thought WrestleMania. Then I quickly mm. realized it was a Saudi Arabia show around the <laughs> corner. And they've blown it. And it feels to me like they've blown a load of money on Cain Velazquez because they saw a threat of him going to AEW and making a difference in AEW potentially as mm. kind of a name guy there. And Just you know, the fact he was available. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get him in, get him in. And they've blown a potential money match. I can't see how they can go back to it mm. and people will be interested. Like, I don't think Cain Velasquez is perfect, but I think there are ways you can package him to get him over, to get him ready for a big fight with Brock Lesnar. Get the footage in from UFC. Did they use any of the UFC footage in the build-up to this? Mm. I, mean, no. I didn't see any. And that's a great fight from, what, nine years ago, but... It shows you sort of how much they cared about this ultimately. They wanted to get him in for a show, pay him a load of money, get him off AEW. Please, um, some stupid prince who likes to waste public money on wrestling shows and Nicki Minaj and all the rest of it. Mm. And yeah, ultimately... Andy Joshua in like three weeks. Yeah, yeah. What an absolute failure of a show at the end of the day. And yeah, (laughs) shame on Eddie Hearn for taking the money as well. Yeah. What did you think of the, like, I had people who are, like, in respect DMing me and tweeting me in general saying, watch the show. It's hilarious, for one, because it was hilarious. But also watch the women's match because it's a nice moment. And I watched it. I don't know. Maybe I've I've turned into a pessimist over the years, lads. But I watched it. And there were, you know, obviously nice reactions in the crowd. You know, it seemed to mean something to some of the, like, the young women in the crowd. And, you know, there were a lot of disinterested faces in the crowd as well. But the the wrestlers seemed emotional about it as well. But fuck me, that was a shit show of a wrestler match. And fuck me, was it, as JP said at the top of the show, I don't know. Is that, is it... Maybe it's maybe it's maybe it's something as a straight white male. It's not for me to weigh in on. But is it is it progressive to send two women out there in bin bags and baggy workout pants with no makeup on, considering yeah, you know, one of them's who are, gimmick? Who are the two who are selected because their husbands are there? Is it also progress? Who's Lacey Evans' husband? I don't know, but I know it's one of the oh. fact that they're both married. Oh, okay. Oh, is that true? Is it? Pro- yeah. Is oh, it progressive okay. as well to take? millions of pounds to go dollars sorry to go to a dictatorial regime that mm. oppresses people and has some of the worst human rights violations in the world and from a geopolitical standpoint yeah. is a is a is one of the kind of main sources of disre- disrest in the world yeah yeah is is that truly progressive like no. i'm not sure it is i think it kind of can young Saudi women learn how to wrestle as a result of this match? Yeah, it's a no. distraction from real mm. issues, if you ask me. And I don't like when someone tries to use um, a progressive act to cover up real issues that are going on in the world, ultimately, <laughs> going on in that country. And that's what this was. And unfortunately, it seemed to me that Natalia fell hook, line and sinker for this good company person that she is. Mm. The fact that she was crying while she was in the ring, fucking hell. Like, come on. I, I don't know if I'm I've just got, harsh. I've got some cynical. sympathy for her personally myself because I do kind of, I get it. Like, it's a, as a woman it's in a, a situation moment. like that, it's a, it, it's a moment and it's something. But you're right, yeah. You look at like the surroundings of it and why it's happening and the fact that, as Melter put in the Observer this week, other sports happened with no problem. 
uh, well, limited problem. I think you've got to be of a certain class to be able to do sports there. It's still not great, like, but there are other sports that happen. Didn't TNA have a match there? Was it in Saudi? They had like a women's match. Uh, there at some it was Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi was it? Sorry, yeah, but I know I know WWE claim that one as well as a as a big first too. Uh, I don't know. I can, I can have. I'd probably stray away from criticizing the two performers so much as yeah. much as the company for the way they put them out there and the way they've obviously they're going to use it to do victory laps in but the they had to the work me it's the problem of the performers buying into it as well that's the problem i have that they thought that this was this great big moment as well and they it, to me it sums up the geeky martyrdom culture at wwe wrestlers yeah. but they we're gonna see that into, in full force tonight into wwe advertising this as such a moment mm. and that's the thing that i really dislike mm. about the current crop of wrestling talent um, I've said that many times, but to me, that's kind of a, another example of it. Yeah. You, could also, um, you mentioned about the fact that they, about the match itself was really poor, but it was kind of designed to be because they couldn't do anything that even would be construed. Oh, Lacey as Evans couldn't even put a hand risque. on a hip. Like she couldn't even do a normal entrance. Like that wasn't Lacey. No. Like at that point, why is she even in the match? Like surely pick someone whose gimmick is less sexually yeah. charged maybe. But even then, what am I saying? No, no, you shouldn't do that either. Like, oh yeah, I don't know. That's, that's the issue and it's it kind of completely self-inflicted because they've taken this money yeah. and you, we always the thing we have a go about is there's, there's no sort of real cohesion and they believe in moments mm. which are basically ethereal and kind of are just isolated moments in time they don't necessarily have the meaning this is not going to create a groundswell of support in some way it's not going to change anything mm. in Saudi Arabia and I just think it'd be monumentally naive to think that's being the case. Mm. The reason why these exist is they are ways of normalising MBS and the current Saudi regime. Um, and from that perspective, it's propaganda. And mm. like when Joe says, the performers, if you're kind of there, in a sense, this is a propaganda show, which I imagine, which is why so many of them loathe it in the first place. And then they go to a place where they're not going to be able to do anything and it's going to be ridiculous. You know, weather conditions are a lot more humid than what they have been used to. I remember seeing that one of the big complaints about how, how humid it was there as well at the same mm. time. The whole thing is awful. Mm. There's no, I mean, and it's, but you know, we're, we're shouting into a void. It doesn't make any difference for them. They don't care. And I think it's like what Joe said earlier on, you need a big investigative piece that looks at this, looks at the the independent contractors piece. Mm. I mean, you would kind of hope from this that, you know, even if they watch like John Oliver piece, you know, Jesus, there's so much wrong with this company you need like and a, they get away with it because it's just wrestling. You need like a US equivalent of private eye or something yeah. to yeah. investigate this. Yeah. Benno, did you watch work. the fee? Oh, sorry, Benno. Oh, go on. What are you going to say? I'll just say Bix needs to get to work. What's the watch? He does. He's not a dead spin anymore. Oh, that's oh. a shame. Yeah. Did uh, you watch The Fiend versus Seth Rollins? I did not. Like, did anyone with the red lights? Like, could you? Like, is it possible? No. Did you? No. No, no, of course not. <laughs> big I moment, had though, some big moments. The theme on the belt. Is, he's on Raw, but he's the SmackDown look, champion. Look, mate, he's been selected by an inner circle of fucking idiots <laughs> in the same way that 160,000 of Britain's most evil people selected Boris Johnson to be our Prime Minister. <laughs> the fiend is Boris Johnson. Sorry, a what? man who made his reputation on bumbling like an idiot, but people in some way found it engaging. 
Boris Johnson turning up to function, just bumbling like a fucking idiot and doing all this... Scruffing his hair up deliberately. Yeah, orchestrated rubbish where he claimed to forget his lines and all the rest of it. All an act. The Fiend doing these promos for years where he just spoke gobbledygook and no one understood what he was saying. Everyone went, whoa, that was amazing. Walking around with a shithead of air. Bit of a belly on him as well, same as Boris. You know, got involved with old Jojo backstage as well, like Boris Johnson, old Jennifer Acuri, although Boris Johnson was using public money to pay her. That is our Prime Minister, paying public money to get his end off, you know, as we do, as all good Prime Ministers should do. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's Boris Johnson. He uses gimmicks to get himself over, and there's absolutely zero substance to the man, zero substance to that man's ability... And they both stand at the top of the tree in their respective professions. Bray, Boris Johnson, the fiend fucking wire. <laughs> Awful. Does that make uh, Seth Rollins, uh, I don't know. Corbin. <laughs> <laughs> so, actually, he's not Corbin because someone's just sent me as we record. Apparently, there was a raw talent meeting before the show. Uh, apparently, uh, Vince spoke to the wrestlers and assured them that it was a, a mechanical issue. And there shouldn't be any speculation. Um, what else oh, well, is here? That's, that's not, cause if it's just a mechanical issue, then yeah, it's fine. But it's just a mechanical <laughs> issue, but don't speculate. Oh, the best well, bit's that sounds perfectly normal, mate. I'm assuming it was just a mechanical issue then. Best part, Seth spoke to the talent. It was said to be an awkward speech attempted to unify the locker room. Lots of talk about how every wrestler is part of a team and encouraged to keep grievances and speculation off social media. Fuck me. Mate, Corbin isn't very well liked by his shadow cabinet in places. So, yeah, perhaps he is showing himself to be the Corbin here. Oh, my God. Embarrassing. Embarrassing. Um, I like Corbin a lot more than I like Seth Rollins, I'll say that. Yeah. <laughs> Who is he then? Like, a- what can we make him? Uh, Seth, he's like he's the... He's, he's the lapdog, isn't he? He's just the fucking... He's Nick Clegg in 2010. That sounds Has he gone back on his promises, though? Is he Nigel Farage? No. No. <laughs> Maybe not. Maybe if there's a coalition, maybe then. Um, fuck me. I'll have a think about some of these. Yeah. yeah have a think, there's have a there's think. an interesting, certainly in election season, we've got six weeks to kind of work on this stuff. There you go, yeah. Um, I mean, saying that though, Who's lads, the Reese Mogg of wrestling? <laughs> Who's the Reese Mogg? Mm. Sorry, yeah. This smarmy, is, this we is need the smarmy comments. Bruce Pritchard, some Vince sucker. Oh, yes, man. Yeah, yeah. Proper yes, man. Yeah. Yeah. Michael Hayes. Oh, but Hayes, is, Hayes was great in the past. Yeah. Bad Street USA, like... Who was great Hayes in the past? Hayes great value. But Reece kind of just an evil bastard. Yeah, for Hayes, yeah. you need someone who was great in the past, but now is just, just a little bit racist. Uh, it could be any of the Most Michael really. Hayes fits the pill there, doesn't <laughs> it? <laughs> Maybe it works. Uh, but, but you know what, lads? We're going down this road. We're slagging into off WWE. At least SmackDown was good. That's the big, big headline, no? That SmackDown was good? Yeah. Uh, it was well, Ryan Satin got it right. You, it, it, I'm sure they'll knock it out of the park. Look, oh, I heard this was good, and I just thought, you know what? It may have been good for one week only mm. when your back was up against the wall you and know. you had to draft in a load of talented guys who haven't been tainted by being on the main roster well, long-term. That's what they do. If they, right. union, if they unionize, that's exactly what they do. They just call up the NXT lads. And it, you know, and if, even if the NXT lads kicked off, you know the NXT UK lads will step in there. They're happy for, uh, for their They need to join paydays. the fucking union, those idiots. <laughs> if Pete Dunne doesn't join a union and he, he talks about independent 
what what was it defending the rest or the rest of it the man's from a working class birmingham household like mm. come on sorry zach gibson was defending the saudi stuff on twitter but the week before it happened but he's he done no no zach gibson uh, oh so, fuck me no. what's happened yeah i know i know considering that's where McGill he's from. For you rather than central <laughs> liverpool <laughs> agreed <laughs> he was from kirkdale yeah. There you go. Yeah, if you had the purple bin, it wouldn't happen. Um, <laughs> but you know, you know what? So I will just say, like it's Kirkdale I, Pro Saudi. There's has, has, that, has that ever been quantifiably disproven? I would say not. Maybe <laughs> maybe parts of Bootle JP. Um, McGon baby. <laughs> it's all pro. It's 100 percent pro heron foods. We're all pro heron foods. That's the thing that unites the company. Um, but yes, yeah, sorry, but Smackdown. Smackdown was like honestly. Adam Cole and, and Daniel mm-hmm. Bryan, like we talked, I talked before about, you know, how much more I would rather see Daniel Bryan outside of the WWE system. Um, I remember when he was about to leave and people going, oh, think of all these, you know, when he re-signed, think of all these great matches we're going to see Daniel Bryan in. Fair enough, he had a fantastic WrestleMania world title match. But other than that, we didn't really get any of those big matches. You know, we have, this is kind of, this is the type of match I would rather see him having outside the company. But tell you what, given time, this was great. Four star average on Grapple, four point oh six. I gave yeah. it three point seven five. Brian and Cole was absolutely fantastic, and yeah, the type of thing I would like to see. I mean, again, it's not the headline story. The fact that they pulled the show together with the uh, I'm not going to say scabs, but you know, the the people who mm. were uh, <laughs> who were still around who, uh, who who stepped up from NXT. They made you know they made your boy Riddle look good. JP uh, Keith Lee got to they look did. strong as well. There was a lot of positive on the SmackDown, and I believe it was a Triple H creative show with Vince's approval that uh, Meltzer's been uh, keen to point out. Um, you know, for uh, for all of Vince's detractors, every now and then we can get a a very good TV show. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was. I'd kind of, it's because I was up at a ridiculous time on Saturday morning. I was just, um, I was just like, oh, I'll have a look at this. And I found myself kind of only skipping through little bits of it, but it was a very easy watch. It was like the refreshing lack of backstage shite Mm. for once and kind of nonsense comedy. So it felt structurally just a bit more solid. What it really reminded me of, um, do you remember that ECW special Monday Night Raw, which was kind of an invasion, but really it was there to promote barely legal, obviously, but they'd have like kind of ECW matches hmm. and it was almost Sabu nearly killed himself diving off the, oh, yeah, off the, the raw, sign. raw sign. That's yeah. a great spot. That's literally like the, the raw sign basically almost falls over, doesn't it? And he kind of yeah. falls off himself. Great spot. Loved it. Yeah. And they're building up to him and Taz. Hmm. Um, are barely legal and it really reminded me of that of what they were going for (laughs) now obviously they weren't able to do it so it was kind of like it wasn't an invasion show and i will say this i'm kind of a sucker for an invasion angle yeah i know one of the things that um being i mean one of the things that got me uh paying a bit more attention to ring of honor was that czw feud for it Mm. so come on that's a different kettle of fish to this it is a different (laughs) this is more this the reason this is a different kettle of fish jp is because this to me is more it was very good but this is more wwe invasion mainly because at the end of it it's not adam cole standing tall and cutting the rally in promos the leader of nxt no it's yeah. a McMahon, just like yeah. Stephanie with ECW. It's Triple H. Like it was so. Well, fu- Did you see Triple H literally grabbing uh, Adam Cole by the wrist like he was a toddler, and gr- grabbing uh, Shania Baszler by the wrist like she was a toddler? 
pulling them to the middle, putting his arms around them, and making sure he got that lasting shot at the end of the show with the closing uh, closing graphic. Front and centre, got to cut the rallying promo. You know what I mean? It's like, I loved yeah. it. It was very good. But, you know, in any other era of wrestling... Adam Cole is a fantastic talker. I don't even like him as a wrestler, but I get he's over. He connects. He can fucking talk. He should be the one cutting that promo, not a man. But that's what, to it's, me, uh, that's the difference. That's what makes it the ECW invasion, not ECW in 1996, was it? 1997. That's the thing that I thought at the very end of this, when all that stuff started happening, because like you, I like the match. Mm. Oh, I was like, I, re- I, went, I think I went four stars and it went, this is kind mm. of as good as TV wrestling goes. It's a shame they had like three ad breaks. Yeah. Kind of really broke up the flow of it because it just been a good match to just watch. But when that happened, I went, oh, well, I get it now. So it'll be Triple H versus Stephanie McMahon <laughs> on Raw. And I'm assuming Shane McMahon comes, da- comes back to SmackDown. Oh, cool. Yeah. I'm and so it's like, Yep, it's WrestleMania. Is it WrestleMania <laughs> 2000 on a loop? Like, they just, they still corner. think for them, that's the greatest storyline they can ever the, do. Because the, the, it has, there's a wrestling match <laughs> and there's McMahon. The, rest, the wrestlers are and children. that's what it ended up as. Triple H- so I'd enjoyed this show. And yeah. then that moment, I was like, of course he's fucking joining of course in. He is. Sorry. No, you're right. Yeah. No, Triple H can, Triple H can like take all this NXT credit and he can be this this internet darling because he's put all like, you know, these indie darlings in prominent positions. And he has, and NXT is a very good product. But at the end of the day, Triple H is the dad. The rest of them are just his kids. He's always going to be the star of the situation. I thought, to be honest, I can't even get mad at it. I just thought it was fucking hilarious, Joe. I haven't seen it. All oh, I saw was you gotta see a it. clip of Matt Riddle and Keith Lee. And I thought, they yeah, rightly so. Matt mm. Riddle should be on SmackDown looking like a fucking superstar. Yeah. Not, oh, isn't it great he's there? No. This this should be what happens. Yeah. Not any... I'm going to do a Roy Keane here. Roy Keane, when he talks about Ireland at World Cup tournaments and like how it was mm. like, way well, hey, look at the Irish over there having a right old laugh and a great time. And Roy Keane was like, no, we had a good team. Why weren't we trying to do something over there? Why weren't we pushing for a semi-final, say? It's bloody right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And this is what I see now. I see wrestlers come up and look happy to be there. Fuck that. <laughs> Matt Riddle should be there. Yeah. Like, absolutely yeah. be there all day long. No, oh, isn't it great to see him there? I am so far past that. Oh, isn't it amazing to see that guy that I saw, I don't know, at the Electric Ballroom on WWE TV? No, 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 no. That's over. Come, come on, Joe. That's I'll, over. That's outside long the, gone. Outside the pub in Preston, please, uh, with some yeah. questionable substances around. Yeah, um, <laughs> anyway. I was nothing to do with that, but I was there. <laughs> um, but now nah, I'm so far past getting yeah, excited yeah. over that stuff because he should be there. These mm. guys should be there. They aren't this yesterday. And at the end of the day, Triple H's rub means so much less than he'd have you believe it means. Mm. Because at the end of the day, he is representing himself as the man in these situations because he's an egomaniac. At least it looked like to me Shawn Michaels sat back back a bit and he was out there as well, wasn't he? Mm-hmm. Yeah, at least he wasn't hogging the spotlight, whereas Triple H, nah, spotlight all over him all day long. Getting credit for this, going to be the spokesman, getting his promo time. Fuck it. This this will be shit. This yeah. is one week. Oh, it will be. It'll be a boost. I'm not going to bother watching this. I might watch Survivor Series for a laugh. <sighs> but at the end of the day, am I going to see Matt Riddle get killed? I hope not. And I hope all power and they go all in on Matt Riddle because they should be going all, 
all in on Matt Riddle, and he should be beating Goldberg at WrestleMania in two minutes. But is that going to happen? Probably not. But I'd love to eat my words there. Definitely. Me too. Anything else on WWE, or should we uh, we move on while well, we've... Uh... Fuck him. Yeah. <laughs> well... Fuck Bray Wyatt. <laughs> Boris Johnson looking cunt. Not looking. Than fuck Seth Rollins. Fucking Mark. Can't believe that. Well, well, Leave well, Tyler alone, lads. Oh, God. He was, he was never my Ring of Honor champion, JP. Uh, oh, I, <laughs> I very much got that vibe when, when he when he got the belt from there. That wasn't something that people were into. He was on the downswing yeah. was, at that was. point in time. Very yeah. much so. I'd have him below Jerry Lynn, even, uh, Joe. Even, even, even then. Nah, because I was at the Jerry Lynn title win and I was pissed off. <laughs> yeah, Not only was... you happen to drop the belt to him. Fuck that. <laughs> that was when they were trying to uh, recreate the wrestling but in real life I was thinking yeah and they chose the wrong wrestler it was confirmation of the fact that Ring of Honor was over that's how I saw it oh did you see like the news about them this week that uh, Joey Mercury was uh, it was hard to hard to pass exactly what he was saying but he had I don't know if JP you've read much on it like the internal strife within ROH and just the general just bad vibe they're feeling very TNA like even down to the point they posted their similar to WWE and their damage control posted a really nice uh, roster photo just like uh, TNA when they, remember they had that, uh, that talent meeting with Dixie Carter when, uh, when things were going south everything's fine uh, what's actually going on in ROH right now I couldn't make head or tail of that Joey Matthews stuff JP it, any, any it was just something wiser? the basically talent being treated horrible stuff like not being provided in terms of um accommodation that they're meant to have booked as more worryingly mentions about on cards that I think there was Kelly Klein was made, was working even though she was concussed and they'd ignored it and they didn't have some as enough mental, um, enough doctors backstage and Mm. medical staff that they were slacking on those fronts basically, but it's an entire bloody ramble. It's like, sort of like, he, he goes on and you're like, I can't make head and a tail of it. But that's what I picked up from it. Dan, it's the shit show we imagine. But then it's run by Sinclair. They're a shit show of a company. Another a lot one of shit mentioned. shows coming up tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, there's more to Lots out there. Powerful regimes. Yeah. <laughs> they, and they're awful. So, in a sense, this is, obviously, they don't treat their employees particularly well. If you look at the news stuff on the news side for why Sinclair are fucking awful as well. Perhaps David Starr should be like the Triple H of this podcast. Perhaps you should come and get on this sofa in the middle of me and you, JP, because it's basically us just carrying on with messages that he likes to send out there. Isn't it? <laughs> it is, really. It's getting to that point, isn't it? Did, did you listen to him and Robbo? Like, they've done a podcast apart. I think he's dead. I've listened to all of it. I've got it, but I've not had a chance to listen to it. There's so many podcasts. And ben, I've not listened to you and WH Part talk about Brian and Ligia, which I'm not listening to. But yeah. No, I haven't listened to Robinson and Star either yet. Uh, I listened to JP and Alan Farrell. That was great. I made time for that. But I haven't listened to, uh, to Star and Robinson myself. Uh, is it any good, JP? Is it as good as um, you and Alan Farrell? Because that was fantastic. Oh, thank you. Um, I'll be plugging that at the end as good well one. on that one. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get on to it at that point. But um, I did hear sort of the first half that he was talking about the fact he's a member of the GMB lifelong labor voter as well just kind of like different politics he kind of admitted that the promo he went out he just sort of said the first thing that came to mind everybody cheered him and he was just latching onto the independent stuff because that was where the mood of the room was it felt like a thing to kind of get a reaction from Mm. so he just kind of thought and said it and everybody cheered regardless 
but he said he hadn't really gone back and kind of like properly thought about these things because he was talking about good ways of unionizing the industry comparing with what he knew in terms of he was going through his trade union membership and the things that he learned so I, I've still got like another 40 minutes or oh, so nice. to go but it was but, really good what I'd heard up to well worth listening to but the headline is Robbo not a Tory I can't believe it I'll have to take back all my that's standard. very much it oh, which shows apologies. you what a job he does as a heel that he has he convinces you of that as well it says says a lot about him oh, there you go I always thought he was a great performer remember that great match the two of them had you remember when they built that feud really well yeah, yeah anyway uh, yeah <laughs> while is a <laughs> well, should we uh, move on to uh, our next subject while there's some, uh, some fire in our bellies? I have been. We're an hour in and we haven't talked about it yet. Uh, AEW's latest TV. Um, I don't know what. You know what? Like, I, uh, <laughs> I think it was bad. We it wasn't to, bad. We, we need to. Good. It was. In, the way I put it on Twitter was there were moments that were 10 out of 10. And there were moments that were one out of ten. We need to talk about Kenny Omega, lads. Okay. We need to talk about this fucking nerd. Like I, uh, like we've we've talked about his presentation on this show these last last few weeks. And there's yes, again, hands up. There's plenty of positive. I'm going to talk about this AEW TV show as well as all the neg- uh, some of the negative that I've got. It was a better show from a point of view of there were more promos, more angles, even to the point where I was starting to think there were maybe too many, but that's a minor complaint. I'm not going to moan about that after the weeks of back-to-back wrestling. But what I am going to moan about is Kenny Omega. Like, is is John Moxley having a feud on his own? Because John Moxley's out there cutting fiery promos. And if Kenny Omega isn't out there with a barbed wire broom, he's putting together five-minute video game reference videos about New Japan and Kota Ibushi that need two pages in the Observer to be explained coming out in cosplay entirely ignoring his feud with Moxley and presenting himself as this utter fucking nerd like I you can so many wrestlers over the years you can say you know what the promotion got them wrong the promotion didn't give them the proper shot the promotion didn't didn't present them the right way i am in no doubt that this presentation of kenny omega we've been getting these last few weeks is entirely the brainchild of kenny omega like mm. oh i i don't i just i'm at a loss the kenny omega should be the biggest star in AEW. And he comes across so mid-card, so detached from everything and just so unfocused. Imagine, imagine you're coming in off the street and you're one of the, you know, the million and a half people who watched that first episode of Dynamite on TNT. What do you even think Kenny Omega is at this point? Fuck me. I mean, mm. I agree, Joe. There's plenty of positive to talk about with the show as a whole, but I don't know if you land the same place as me on Kenny, but this was the week where I just pulled my hands up and, like, if it's a... You know, the Observer, every year, they have their most overrated awards, whereas basically it's more no. like most overpushed no or wrestling your most sick of. Honestly, I, Kenny Omega is just... He's not living up to the... To what he what he should be, uh, which should be one of the top wrestlers in the world you know, from an in ring perspective, and presented Mate, this when big Boris star. Johnson's got the belt in WWE. <laughs> come on, okay, maybe there's that, maybe there's that. But the fact that I'm even thinking about it, like, it, I know you enjoy the shows and overall, Joe. But what do you make of this Kenny Omega presentation? Because I'm just pulling my hair out at this point. It, oh. it almost makes me think. You know, all I talk about. Oh, with the wrestlers should have more power. You know what? No, they fucking shouldn't. We need some writers in here. Get some Hollywood lads in because they'd write better shit than this. <laughs> Yeah, 
I wouldn't say I've got the level of anger that you've got. I'm just sick. Um, I'm just sick of it. I, I think that's what it is. It's it's less anger and just more end the matter. What you can't save a man from himself at this point. I think it's the fact yeah. that he's been defending it as well and saying, "Oh well, you know, I I don't want to go out there to uh, to impress anybody. I always do what I want to do, and that's the important. Just self indulgent fucking nonsense." Sorry. Go yeah, on, I'd agree. My, no, my anger was there. The Janella match. They had a dark. Yeah, and true. I think I got. I, and since then, I've kind of just expected it. So I've I, I wouldn't say I've got the level of anger towards it because I kind of expect it. Um, and the video I didn't kind of get, but I was like, is that meant to be the new Japan lion? Because those are the mm. new Japan colors and all the rest of it. And I didn't realize it was a Bushi until I read the observer and was like, Oh, okay. Oh, Kenny definitely sent that to Melton as well. Didn't he? Those two pages in the, yeah, observer, oh, he yeah. wrote that himself. Fucking nerd. Sorry, carry on. And <laughs> at the same time, I'm a, you know, big mark for the Ibushi Omega feud and, dearly miss Omega in New Japan mm. and wish that he kind of never done AEW and just stayed in New Japan because we haven't had... I've really missed him this year and I'm going to talk about New Japan later and give a few reasons why. Um, and I don't think his work outside of New Japan has lived up to what we expected. And yeah, I was just like, what is this? This is a bit weird. And then the match happened, and I really liked the match, the six-man. I actually thought mm. it was a really good match, and I thought the Elite looked like stars are there as a trio together. I thought it even hit really nicely in the match. So I kind of didn't think about it so much, but I completely get where you're coming from. I wouldn't go down the most overrated thing. I'd say uh, misjudged. is He's misjudging what this is. And I don't Would you not say the year, though, is disappointing? Disappointing, mm. but overrated. You know that he can go out there tomorrow yeah. if he got in the ring with a carder and deliver it. Well, last week we were saying that the best match that we'd seen him have for quite some time was that match against Phoenix for, in Yeah, tri- and that AAA. was a really good match. Like, he's still capable true. in the ring, and I think you've got so many slouches yeah. out there that to go down that road would be... I think that would be a bit... Uh, uh, a bit of an overreaction, if anything. I but think. I think the thing that's really disappointing with him is that why? What was the reason he became this enormous star? Mm. What was the things that actually happened? There was the kind of charisma, but it was matched up with some of like, if you think of the really big integral matches, some of the greatest matches, you can argue, you know, in the history of wrestling that he was having at the same time while there was some of the character stuff, which made the character stuff that bit more tolerable. You kind of knew he was... Mm. But the character was filtered and toned down. But it was yeah, filtered yeah. and toned down. Now, that's yeah. the issue. And that's obviously, as you say, Benno, that's not happening here. Because, you know, I, I'm aware, I know what Undertale is. My kids have played it before, so I'm aware that there's this character mm. of Sans within and he, it. And he's going after mm. new fans, isn't he? I get that too. Before people scream it. I know that. But you can't forget the... I know you get it, JP, but you can't forget Needed the... Needed 19- to do it this week, week out from a pay-per-view. You're yeah. building it all around big matches for yeah. it. Yeah. You've it's, got Moxley cutting choice. a promo, and he's doing this. Yeah. Like, ultimately, like, no, build your fucking match. You see Cody and Jericho doing it, building towards a match, and that's certainly on the higher end of the, of the stuff that's here. And he's not doing that. And he's doing this other stuff instead. And he's over. He was over at DDT at the weekend as well. Oh, was he? Yeah, he was in a match with Rio. Um, what, what, not a not that, in, no, in a in a gen, in a gender tag. Uh, 
And you're like going, <laughs> like in some ways, do you know what you should be doing, mate? You should be doing these, like, and it, you know, they did a good house, and he would have, he would have drawn some fans he in. Is been. this the moment in time he should be doing big promos, building up his massive match yeah. with John Moxley, mm. where he's going to show people how great he is? Mm. Or he should have been walking out and challenging Jay White to a match at the Tokyo Dome. That's yeah. what he should have been doing. Or he could face a Bushi the next night at Tokyo Dome. But oh well, mm. uh, yeah. I think he's mis- misunderstanding what his role is in yeah. the promotion. Mm. And what his role is in terms of trying to establish this alternative. And I think he's really going to affect himself with his core fan base. Because, you know, I know you're not such a big fan of Kenny Omega's Bello. But I think me and JP have made no kind of secret of how... He's one of my favourite wrestlers ever. Probably in my top five, if not Mm. top... Top ten, top five ever, I think, as an in-ring worker. And, yeah, it's kind of alienating us as well. Mm. And... That's playing to his core audience. The geeky gamer level of Omega fan, I wonder sort of how much of them are actually engaging with this. How many new viewers is he bringing in as yeah. a result of this? Uh, I've not had anything positive about it. Yeah, I talked to a sort of limited circle of people, but it's it's time and place, and it's, yeah, it's misplaced. The thing is as well, the Halloween stuff, yeah, all right, I get it's Halloween. That's very difficult I thought to they went... Yeah, I, I just yeah. didn't think it was right at this point in time. Um, maybe next year, if say ha- fully established, possibly go for it. Yeah, what, why not just say, happy Halloween, here's a wrestling show. It just felt like it was a way to justify nonsense. And you know what? I'm not really a Halloween fan. I never. I love The Simpsons. I never like them Halloween episodes. It's just <laughs> annoying me. Yeah, because you, you want a proper episode, don't you? And then it's like a sketch show yeah. instead. Yeah, I hate that one. Any show, really, not just The Simpsons. Like sitcoms will always do stuff like that, won't they? I'd always be sad when it was a, a special one. <laughs> Much bigger deal in the States, though, yeah. like, because I know my sister and, and her kids growing up over there, it's just like, my God, they they take it sort of beyond ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Um, yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I'd, Moxley, yeah, for me, just not present themselves as a star. Right, Prima from Moxley. Oh, sorry, not Moxley, sorry, I meant Omega. But, yeah, Moxley, Moxley. You know, talking positives, Moxley got a microphone. <laughs> Fuck me. Like, I, I, the content of his promo, like him being mad about wins and losses after walking out on that pack tack pack tag last week wasn't so sure on but you know what it didn't matter his delivery was that fucking good like this was moxley with full passion fury the segment that should have happened four weeks ago i would have liked a little bit you know more on explaining why he's in aw now and that side of stuff but maybe the ship sailed on shaled on that but as far as building the match basically on his own like he pulled it off here i thought he was absolutely incredible and came across like the adults in the room and the biggest star in the company uh, probably my favourite uh, segments of the entire show Joe I thought it was great yeah it was an electric promo I'd agree with you on the content mm. but he was dripping in charisma like he looked and came across like a major star here mm. and it was kind of the promo that was needed to try and get people excited about him mm. and excited about the match I wonder if Omega is sort of uh, promo wise can he live up to what Moxley was True. doing there? I don't know. It's mm. it's an interesting one. You're hoping there's going to be something big this week. Yeah. I just don't feel that there's really any heat on the no. angle of the match. I think the first angle they did with the um, with those chips, uh, um, mm. double or nothing, was great. But then it kind of everything since then just kind of hasn't been there. Mm. I've not really felt the feud at all. I think that they've gone too heavy on the gimmick stuff. I don't like the fact it's going to be this lights out again, match. Again, yeah. Like, yeah. 
I think they should have been having a straight up singles match, which is New Japan. Kind of, you don't say it, but it's New Japan WWE. Yeah. You were the best here. You were held down here, but you could have been the best there. Let's have a match. You have a match, and then you build the feud from the match. You advance the feud and the hate stuff from something that happens in the match. And I think they jumped in on the gimmicky stuff way too early with it. And it's been to the detriment of the feud because I'm not feeling the hate that they want us to believe. I just get the feeling this match is going to be overly gimmicky. Mm. And that's a shame because I'd like to see what they could do if they just had a straight up singles match with a bit of intensity. It's just a bit confused, isn't it? And I think a lot of, you know, I'm enjoying this AWTV. I tell you, I've got criticism about this show, but the two, I watched it live. The clock's changing is always a good one when the uh, the clocks in America don't change until a week yeah. later. So it starts at midnight. Watched it live. It flew by and I had a great time watching it. But there is kind of like, I feel like there's a lack of quality control in AEW right now. With just think, mm. Things aren't quite focused enough is probably like my main thing. We're starting to see a lot of tropes, you know, the the going back to the lights out match every time, you know, like the some of the phony stage bumps, the fact that you can't do a promo without there being an attack. Uh, it's very, it's very, you know, big tone booking EWR in the back. Uh, it feels like it in a lot of, in a lot of moments, you know, for good or bad, there's, there's plenty of good to say as well. But yeah, I think this feud just feels overall unfocused for me. Um, I mean, what did you make of... Um, this is this is one. I mean, Big Tone lied to you, Joe. He saw, he told us there were going to be no authority figures, and he wasn't going to be on the TV show. I know he wasn't on camera, so I don't know what you make of that. But they did have him do a segment mm-hmm. with uh, with Moxley backstage, acknowledges the 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 kayfabe man behind the company and the fact that Kenny's his boy. It wasn't so heavy handed than it that I absolutely hated it. But I'd take a championship committee or just this segment not happening or just doing getting a different route to the anger that moxley had in his promo rather than this uh, i don't know were you, were you guys a fan of it look when it comes to tony behind the door think about what he was probably doing behind the door and think about what moxley probably had to see and probably got over it as well it probably would have been a nice substance i feel for the bloke and no wonder he came out angrier <laughs> So I get keeping tone behind the door and off TV. You know, I'm surprised Moxie didn't walk into a kennel, if anything. <laughs> um, bell. That could be the match. Forget like Oh, God. God. <laughs> but, yeah. It, I, I hated that segment with Moxie. The, the, the open the show was so odd. Yeah. Because you had that Moxie segment, but you also had that great Cody Shivani segment. And the Moxie segment was kind of everything I don't want to see when it comes to authority stuff. Mm. And I'd much rather have a sort of a Jack Tunney style yes. figure. You Championship committee. You know, you, you don't even need a name to it. Just the... Arn Anderson. Yeah, anything like that, I'd take it. Yeah. Fuck me. Yeah. <laughs> but, but then again, you know, we asked for more non-wrestling segments, and we did get it, at least, JP. We got the Cody and Tony thing yeah. you mentioned there as well, Joe. I don't think I was as big a fan as you. I think it went on a bit, and I think it was a bit quiet and a it bit did. odd. It got a bit awkward, yeah. but I thought it was still a different, and it was a nice touch. And mm. I really mm. liked Tony Schiavone. Me too. I think Tony Schiavone... Has he's made a sort of comeback in wrestling? I think his credibility has gone through the roof. He's got this sort of like elder statesman in mm. wrestling quality about him. Like there's something just likable. There's something incredible about him here. It feels like a real sort of rehabbing of him after those awful WCWs. Yeah. I always mm. like Shivani. It's got me really wanting to see, if I'm honest, a Des Lynam comeback in some way. But yeah, anyway. Is he alive? 
Is he not dead? Oh, no, he is. He's doing Tesco adverts at the moment. Dez is oh, back. This is me without Shout the TV well, license. Ga- Apologies. You two would know, but Gay Byrne died today in Ireland, and that's a big deal because he was presenting that. He was very much like sort of, I would say, an Irish Dez Lynham. Oh, okay. <laughs> Didn't do anything with sport. Presented a late late show. Anyway, digress. Interesting. Um, yeah, haven't said anything for ages, and I pop in with a bit about Gay Byrne. <laughs> Almost like you've been I was when you when you mentioned about Tony Khan, the thought I had was like you know not appearing on camera. I kind of got bad flashback to Russo when he would have La Parker, the powers that be, LA, LA Park, who would be the yeah, the chairman, stood there, but you wouldn't see him. You'd only shoot it from behind mm. him, and then you would. And I was like, oh, this is going to become the norm. Yeah. I think the thing that's kind of the thing I'm taking from it after this these few weeks, and you both hit upon the kind of big issue with it is structurally there's too much going on. They need to cut out stuff that re and let it breathe. And that's not what they're doing. Mm. And so you're not getting in some ways, they're not letting the the promo segments kind of breathe enough because it's kind of going almost straight into a match. There's always something happening, moving from one to another. And I think they could do that structure the show a bit better, make sure that you can kind of maybe time some of the ad breaks possibly around those things as well. Definitely lose a match. The, the concerns that we've had about the lack of character stuff, the worst elements of the elite when it comes to the booking, these are things that still haven't gone away. Hmm. I am still the, the main selling point for the feud, and you mentioned it, is the, the for me now Jericho Cody and the way and the way that they yeah, the that, way they've they built that up really well. That was they brilliant. built it up great. And it was a great I thought that was a, a really good sort of signing piece on there. Hmm. You know, and and Cody's sort of charisma and sort of stoic stance through all of this. It's mm. like when you speak of the grown-ups in the room, when it comes to writing, it's like if you're going to give anyone yeah. the kind of direction with this, it's going to be Cody. He get they're, they're going for kind of what is relatively adult wrestling, mm. really primarily, that's got a bit more drama to it and a bit more stories. And he's the one who gets that. And when Kenny's doing the Undertale stuff, it's like, it's like they're overly excited that they've done good in this 18 to 49 demo. Yeah, it's like Cody sat around watching what his dad, where his dad was working for yeah. years and Kenny Omega was playing, I don't know, 8-bit games. <laughs> well, it's, it's an audience. It's <laughs> Cody was in the corner of the locker room while Ric Flair and uh, Hogan were doing cocaine yeah. in the back. Uh, and Kenny was back at home playing video. You know what? That's probably He's playing his master system, mate. But this yeah. is the thing. Kenny Omega wasn't the big star because he was playing fucking video games. That yeah. was something people found out as a result of it being the, interested the, in the Kenny Omega character. It was the cool presentation. It was the sunglasses, the cleaner stuff, not the cleaner with a broom, but the, you know, the cool jacket and the great matches. Where's that, Kenny Omega? That's it. Mm. But you know what, though? I wanted to say, you're both giving Cody Rhodes a lot of credit there, and he deserves it. The angle with Jericho was great. Jack Swagger, speaking of Bellator earlier, looked great doing the the low blow stuff on Dustin backstage. MJF looked great as kind of, I loved when he looked straight at the camera, like, shit, there's a camera here, I better look concerned. Like, that turn's coming. He's going to be Jericho's second in the stable, I think. I think that's the direction we're going. But we got a nice little tease for that. It was a little bit awkward because they took a while for Jericho and the lads to do a runner and Cody was kind of just standing there. But all in all, great angle. Cody's got a real handle on, you know, what he should be doing on this TV show. But I'm not going to let him entirely off the hook because you can't tell me that Brandy Rhodes video was anyone else's idea other than a husband. No one else but a husband thinks that she's got anything worth a shit to get a five-minute 
whatever this video, Lucha Underground-esque horror movie, whatever this was, Brandy Rhodes character piece. Speaking of the, the bad parts of AEW and the bits that need a filter, this is stuff that can go for me as well. Mm. Sue Young in, in Impact. Mm. That's what I'm reminded by, that yeah. kind of supernatural shite. Yeah. Mm. Something that doesn't need its place. It doesn't have a place in wrestling, if you ask no. me. Never yeah. has, never never should have a place in wrestling. Mm. Tone should have had a look at that said, fuck it out. No, I'm not having that. I've, I think Tone needs to veto that, and he needs to have a serious web of Omega. Mm. It's amazing, because you think of, I don't know, let's say Conor McGregor is in a position in life where he can do what the fuck he wants, right? Yep. So he decides to try and become Mike Tyson and follow the Mike Tyson playbook of how to be an absolute <laughs> bastard. Yeah. And he, I don't know, Al Capone or someone's probably his kind of like second biggest influence. Kenny Omega just tries to be a video game character when he gets a bit of freedom. Mm. Interesting there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big Very difference there. Oh. Any other big highlights from the show? I thought LAX got to look strong. I'm, it might say something that I'm more mm. hyped for them in. Oh, uh, that's great. The I want to see Roll Express. I want to see them in Rock and Roll Express again. Never mind the Young Snake. Bucks. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. I, I, you know, I, I mean, maybe again, speaking of, you know, you need a proper head booker. I think you didn't need two attacks on the same show because they attacked the Young Bucks later on. Mm. You know, bit of quality control there. Maybe these could have come in different weeks or something. But all in all, still great. Love the Rock and Roll Express selling. Didn't need the WWE stage bump. I, I can't take credit for it, but I heard Todd Martin kind of say on it on his podcast that, you know, sometimes when you go that far with the violence and it's so clearly a planned spot, you'd almost be better doing less violence. You know, his exact idea was like, you know, just have one one of them give one of the Rock and Roll Express like a hard slap. Like you'd remember that more than you would a, a silly stage bump or, you know, another kind of beatdown. Minor, minor thing, though, because I thought everyone played the parks great, and they are getting LAX over as this uh, this killer tag team, so I can't complain too loudly. Well, it did wash the taste out of the Brandy Rhodes segment because that was on immediately after, and I was like, oh, was thank it? God. I forgot about this. that, yeah. Get yeah, to what I mean. 10, 10 out of 10, 1 out of 10. 10 out of 10, 1 out of 10. That was the show. Yeah. It was the attitude here. It's back, everyone. <laughs> At least, I, I would say this. There isn't an element of staleness to it, which is WWE mm. has with just none of the highs Unless and all of the lows. political prisoner and have to bring a load of other guys in. <laughs> yeah. Oh. yeah that's a lot of people said it would make a great film for WWE Studios, wouldn't it? Jesus. Well, they've struggled yeah. there for a long time since the Marine, possibly, or the Marine 6, wherever they're on now. Yeah, I, I really want to see Young Bucks against Rock and Roll Express on Dark, but I also want to see LAX against Rock and Roll Express mm. on the main TV as yeah. well. So they have, have two Australia. potential Rock and Roll matches that I'm well excited <laughs> for. Yeah, crazy that that's what they, that's what we're all salivating over, but we genuinely are. I want to see more of them Canadian destroyers. Um, but no, I, I, I generally thought that was a highlight. Anything else on the show you, uh, you wanted to talk? Yeah, I thought the way they dealt with the tag title match was, was pretty bad. So I, I thought that they didn't promote the match anywhere near enough throughout the show. Mm. They didn't make the tag titles feel valuable. They didn't make the match feel big. They didn't make this feel like a big moment at all. Um, I thought that they should have been having matches, uh, sorry, um, promo segments, building up this match, talking about the value of tag titles, maybe even like, I don't know, Arn Anderson talking to one of the teams backstage talking about when he was a tag team champion with Tully Blanchard or having the Rock and Roll Express, having a chat with, um, uh, what they called, um, 
SoCal Uncensored before they go out before the match, mm. talking about their first NWA tag title win or something like that. Just give it that little bit of prestige. And there was no prestige there. And I thought mm. the match just felt quite anticlimactic. Um, and it just felt like it was a bit throwaway. And I think that's a real shame, especially with the ending as well. Mm. I felt like this should have been far more dramatic and felt far bigger and more mm. valuable. Think of what you can do with a title when you promote just the status of that title. Yeah, this, these have got to establish their status, but put them in line with something like, um, I don't know, uh, tag titles of the past possibly that you can go through and just give it that little bit of status, just to elevate them a little bit before the match so the, the moment feels bigger. And I thought they really failed on that. I think they failed with that generally with belt so far. I thought they failed with that with doing Jericho Page so mm. quickly in their first title match as well. They were lucky with Rio and Nyla Rose. That seemed to work out better than yeah. what it yeah. what it had really any right to be. Yeah, I actually forgot there was a women's title they created. But yeah, that, that mm. did work out quite nicely, actually. But mm. yeah, um, in hindsight, I really think that the match with the tag titles should have should have led to the Bucks versus LAX on this pay-per-view because mm. that's the bigger tag feud and the titles feel secondary already. Maybe that's the, maybe you know, I wondered, I thought putting the belt on SCU was a bit of an odd decision. I thought Penta and Phoenix were a given, but maybe there's a longer term plan. Maybe you put Penta and Phoenix in singles. Maybe there's there's something going on there. But no, I definitely agree with you, Joe, as well, about the rush nature of the main event. It felt like the, uh, what was the what was the first show they did? All In. Felt a bit like that. Remember when we threw that yeah. six man and literally I was, I couldn't, you, I know you guys both enjoyed that match, but I remember just sitting at home nervous thinking there's 10 minutes left. How are they possibly going to get through this? And it was a bit like that. I thought the show was timed out badly. It didn't get the gravitas it should have done. They were both currently in the ring. You kind of got your match. It got a bit rushed. It felt a bit odd that, you know, again, quality control thing. Last week, the big thing about the main event was that we had TV time remaining and we had all these counters and stuff. And, you know, there's 30 seconds left and it's so important that there's TV time remaining. This time we had probably less time left, but none of that. Um, just a mention of why it was different this week, even if you just want to say it's a title match and that's why. And if we go past the hour, we're going to, you know, we'll keep with the match or something uh, like WCW used to do. You could have done a bit more of that as well. Uh, but yeah, I, f- I feel like you could have, co- I love the Tony and Cody initial segments, but to be honest, I'd probably take that out of the show. I'd take, you know, the later segments with them out of the show. I'd take the Brandy stuff out of the show. I'd cut a couple of things and give this match the last half hour. Yeah. Um, and just give it the proper gravitas and maybe do the LAX promo later on, uh, beat down later on, do a big presentation with the rock and rolls. Just give it more um, for what it was. Because, yeah, this should have been the big story coming out of this show and it's pretty much the last thing we're talking about. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, if that's it for AEW, did uh, did either of you watch uh, any of NXT? I'll be honest, I only watched the Finn Balor promo and the overrun this week. Uh, I'm not feeling a great deal of pressure to go back. I've had a little look at the grapple ratings, not much. A lot of 3.5s about uh, for the show, although I did hear some uh, people raving about Cameron Grimes and Tyler Bate. Either of you do any better than me? Nah. Uh, I watched Tyler Bate against Trevor Lee, Cameron mm. Grimes, whatever his name is. Mm. Um, God, Tyler Bate. I wish he had two years in New Japan from now because he'd be one of the best wrestlers in the world. Like, yeah, I'm I'm confident that if he was in that New Japan system for a little bit, mm. wrestling that junior division, he'd be a world beater. He's on his way, but yeah, it's just such a shame he's in WWE because mm. I won't see him that often. But God, is he good. Mm. 
yeah, I heard a lot of good things about that match. Uh, yeah, I enjoyed the main event. Thought it was another good tag with uh, with Keith Lee and uh, and uh, Matt Riddle looking great. And I enjoyed, like I said, the Finn Balor promo was. He was trying his best to be a heel. He was shooting uh, about not laying mm. down for a bloke in a new mask or whatever it was that he said. He's always get that's the problem with being in full sale, isn't it? Uh, or in front of a crowd like that. He was never going to get booed. He's the but... Leo Varadka of. Uh... <laughs> wrestling <laughs> not laying up a boris johnson Amazing. there you go that works uh interesting though it's the most interesting i've been in finn balor in a while i don't know if it's because of like comparison or not ah uh, i didn't even see the promo i'm oh, wow. completely left cold by and yeah sorry i haven't seen it because i think i was just like kind of happier memories of his promos when he was when he turned heel in new japan mm. and the, with his first sort of real rock and roller stuff, a trait I noticed that um, Jay White will get onto in a bit is started using a lot as well, all mm. the sort of original stuff for that. But anyway, um, no NXT. Don't have a clue. I don't even know what happened. Well, do you know? I don't even look. The next takeover's got two War Games matches. That's ridiculous. That is crazy. There should never be more than one War. Like they they just love killing gimmicks. That's they killed yeah. Cell ten years ago. Mm. They brought back War Games after years of it just not being used, and they're going to kill it this year with two. They happen to be on the same show. So, well done. <laughs> Getting a women's one though, Joe. Progression. Come on. Divas ah, all that. Uh, anyway. Just do a women do a women's war game. Yeah, that's it. That'll don't do. do a, don't do a men's. Yeah. yeah. It's very Dusty Rhodes, isn't it, JP? Back in the uh when he turned every do- TNA pay per view into a gimmick pay per view and they did what was the cage oh, one? Lockdown. Yeah. Every match Lockdown. is a, every match is a cage match. Every match is a hardcore match. Yeah, you you just kill a step, don't you, when you do that? Uh, one of the uh, one of the few negatives of <laughs> Dusty Rose Legacy, that. Uh, but yeah, it was an okay show. But yeah, uh, as we've said a few times, my uh, my interest in NXT is definitely even when AEW's bad and there's plenty to uh, not even bad, but you know there's lots of bad on the show. It's just so much more an interesting prospect than NXT right now. Yeah. So yeah, they're uh, they're going to struggle to uh, to get my viewership. But other than that, uh, we've all been watching uh, quite a few things. Got about half an hour left, lads. We've got. You Japan, Joe, you were at the cockpit, also MLW, uh, or at least the main event of their, their pay-per-view. What would you like to talk about next? Maybe a Callop palate cleanser. Uh, should we go New Japan? Yeah, go on. Go on then. I know you had a lot to say on that, Joe. Great to, to see the uh, the Hiromu come back. I just watched that uh, before we, uh, we went live here, as well as uh, Osprey's match um, with Bushi. Uh, I thought uh, that, was a, that was a nice moment and uh, something we've uh, been waiting a long time for. Uh... Worried that that uh, Hiromu's first match with Will back is going to be with Will Osprey at Wrestle Kingdom. I feel like he's going to go out there and try and injure himself, just like he did in the segment. But nice, nice, yeah. nice uh, moment and nice uh, segment that gave me a nice uh, warm fuzzy feeling. It was it was basically came back as more Hiromu Takahashi than ever before, wasn't he? <laughs> just sort of amped it up that little bit more, but the crowd absolutely loved it and ate it up. Um, what was amazing, we were going to talk, you mentioned earlier about the podcast I did with um, Alan Farrell on um, on the torch. One of the things he asked me about was Liger's prospects for the Dome. And I was like, well, there's one of two things I'd I'd love to, I'd like to see him do at this point. One is a match with Osprey and then possibly a match with Chris Jericho. And, <laughs> and I think this card just managed to sort of destroy that before that show was even released. Do you know I think Liger's going to face the Dome? Ishii. Hmm. 
because Ishii didn't beat Kenta. It looks like Kenta's going to face either Goto or, dare I say, it, Shibata. I think they're hinting at Shibata <laughs> here. So Took a proper couple of bumps here. Ishii's not got a match. Um, I don't think they've ever done Ishii Liger. I certainly can't remember, and that's a match I'd probably remember. Um, Liger spoke about how he's going to wrestle somebody he's never wrestled before and really wants to wrestle. I think if he wants to kill a match going out, I think Ishii's the man to do it. I think it would have been mm. Ishii or Osprey for that killer match. And I am absolutely fine with Ishii Liger as his last match. I, that's a match I'd be massively excited for while I'm going through the horror of eating one of JP's roast dinners. But <laughs> hey, <laughs> um, yeah, I look forward to that one. Uh, with Takahashi, yeah, scary prospect that first match back. But again, he's in there with God. And I'm sure uh, God will have one of Sue's roast dinners that day. Perhaps you'll fly over to Japan and cook him one. Um, one of them Yorkshires, anyway. And I'm sure they'll have a killer match. And I've got a bit of a theory. I think Hiromu loses the first one back. I don't think he should be going over Osprey straight away. Mm. You build him up. He wins the best of the Super Juniors. He beats Osprey at Dominion. Osprey then goes onto the G1 and Osprey stays away from the junior division after he's mm. put Hiromu over again to establish him as the star of a junior division. That's how I'd do that anyway. I don't know if it's the roast talk, Joe, but definitely the feud I'm most interested in in New Japan right now is that. I hope it does play out like that because I'd enjoy it. Um, but yeah, it says something. That's the. I saw some Osprey kind of trying to rally the troops and saying their match should headline one of the Wrestle Kingdom days. I doubt that's going to happen. Calm down. But I tell you what. <laughs> It is the it, but it is like the lead for me as far as it, unless Shibata does come back for that Kenta match, like that's the that's the match I'm excited mm. for Wrestle Kingdom right now because I've got to be honest, like I, I hate to be negative again because it's been quite a negative show, but like, I can't I can't say I'm particularly hyped right not now. Not like us at all, be not like us at all. No, of course not. We're, we're, we're beaming with positivity as always. Oh mate, I'm sure a card or a Bushi are killing a Tokyo. Yeah, you know, mm. what? I'm yeah. sure of that. They'll deliver. But as far as like a a down moment in time for New Japan. Like, it's like this every year. We talked about it last year, you know, during yeah. uh, Kenny Omega's reign. This is the por- portion, you know, after the heavy G1 summer period, kind of even, you know, Gato's got his, his feet up a little bit uh, when it comes to the booking. We're kind of coasting towards Wrestle Kingdom, aren't we? Rather than like hurtling. We're two months away, um, almost exactly two months in fact exactly two months uh, i mm. can't say i'm hugely excited but you know i'm sure when the day comes and like you say joe yeah you throw a match like that on the card even if even if the build isn't the most inspiring uh, i'm still going to be there uh, on january 4th and 5th but unfortunately without a without a jp roast dinner yeah i'm going to be the one suffering that day that's for sure um <laughs> you know but Honestly, I think Ibushi Okada will deliver. Naito White, I'm not so sure about. Mm. Tanahashi Jericho, I think can go either way. I think you've got mm. two of the best ever in there, not at their peak, and with an adapted style. So it's going to be interesting to see which direction they go in here. I'm hoping Jericho doesn't get the time he got against Okada. And they limit it a little bit and they don't let them get overly indulgent. But I'm hoping it brings maybe a different side of Tanahashi out. Mm. I don't know if we're going to get the hot angles and the build to that, mm. which will be a shame because Jericho's Naito matches and his match of Omega got over so well because of those hot angles mm. before. And with his AEW schedule, it, uh, are we going to get them? Hopefully we'll get something. I really hope we do because I want the match to deliver in a big way. Would he be champion at the time? I don't think Cody's beaten him. I think he, Cody gets it in mm. six six to nine months. And they just don't recognise it within canon that mm. he's AEW champion. That's possibly like 
I'd say it's probably a better way to deal with it, to be honest oh, with I'd you. I'd rather than recognise he's AW champion oh, yeah. so we get a relationship. But, yeah. yeah, anyway. <laughs> an invasion angle. Love an invasion, yeah, that. But yeah, I think New Japan, this show, Osprey Bushi, mm. I thought it was very good. I thought yeah. it was the highlight of an otherwise quite weak show. And it's a show that feels like it was just quite tired. It felt to me mm. like it. there was a little buzz on the company right now. We, we're all awaiting the Tokyo Dome. We're in pre-season, but pre-season feels like it's dragging. Mm. And I feel like New Japan have just repeated matches too much at times. There was nothing hot on this show. Jay White and Goto is not a main event. For me, that is not an interesting match. I watched the match because I was curious. Jay White is not a main eventer. I am absolutely adamant of that. He, Unless he's in there with a guy whose value is beyond his, he shouldn't be main eventing shows. Goto is not someone Jay White can main event a show against. Ibushi, Tanahashi, all right, I get it. He can main event against those guys, but he is not enough of a star and he is not good enough in the ring that he should be headlining the show for a company that prides itself and has got over in the Western world realistically based on great wrestling. I just think it's such a mistake and they've put him in a position that's way ahead of what he's able to deliver at this point in time. And as a result of it being a kind of lackluster main event, it made the show feel even weaker than it already was. And it's a real shame because I feel like they've kind of just got a little bit lazy. And I think this is the third or fourth match between Goto and Jay White this oh, year. Okay. And none of them have been good enough to mm. when people were first in from as a main event. Mm. At this time last year, I think we got, did we get Omega Ishii? We got that mm. on one of these shows post G1. Um, I'm pretty sure we got, did we get Omega Evil at one point? I remember. Maybe my mind's blanking a little bit. Mm. But what we got this time last year and in years previous, yeah, it wasn't as hot as what we got earlier in the year, but it was better than what we've got post-G1 this year. Too much repetition of matches, um, sort of lazy feuds as well. We need something stronger at this point in Mm. time because the buzz has kind of gone right off New Japan since G1. You mentioned about Omega. This is where him being taken entirely out of the picture and what they did around the booking, how to get around that. What they did ended up rotating, frankly, some of the same matches because you mentioned about this being a weak show. I did something I normally wouldn't do. It's like, so I knew there was going to be news on this show, just given the prominence of it mm. and the fact it's in early November and it's only ever tag league after this. That's the, the kind of last thing that we have there. The issue here is that this was, you know, I found myself basically fast forwarding to see what the moments were and saying, I'll go back and watch the matches later because I wasn't particularly inspired by them. And so I ended up doing that. It was like, oh, okay, there's the spoilers. And then I'd I'd seen that the Osprey Bushi match was one that was there. I wanted to see Ishii versus Kenta to to see that. And I wanted to see the sort of post main event angle. Hmm. I hadn't watched any of the best of the super juniors uh, tag, but people had said about how good the the junior tag league had been. But to be honest, it's like that ship had sailed a few weeks ago because I wasn't following from the beginning. So it felt too late to kind of dive in at the end. So therefore I wasn't really interested in the final. And to be honest, when looking at the lineups beforehand, I was like, I could see Sho and Yo winning that. That seems pretty much about right for where it would be on the card against Ishimori and Phantasmo. It's a match they can do and it has a title on the line. It's pretty straightforward. 
but ultimately, like that, this is duller than usual. You mentioned the burnout of the matches. There's a lot of the. I think they're building up to Zach versus Sonada. Oh, how many times? With, <laughs> they're going to put the belt on Sonada. It's Zach coming. versus it's Sonada coming. getting the belt maybe at that York <laughs> York show, show in December. You've got to see a lot of Sonada in 2020. <sighs> if only you could see the look on Joe's I face. I might leave York early that night. <laughs> uh, it'd be the most Rev Pro 2019 thing to do, wouldn't it? To put the belt up to the belt to end up on Sonada. Ah, oh, just yeah. I I just feel like they've what they've done in a way, they've kept matches fresh, like say a Bushi Okada or mm. let's say Naito Okada, okay. But in order to keep them fresh, they've kind of just done various matches too many times and made them completely unappealing. Like Okada Sonada, for example, prime example. There are various Ishii matches that I think we've seen over and over. And it just feels like they tire out matches. Mm. And sometimes you can create a story with doing that. And I get they sort of did that with the Sonata match. But sometimes there's just not that variety that you kind of need as those matches continue. I thought Okada and Sonata should have done something completely different in their last match. But they had to go 38 minutes. Of course they did. Tai Chi Naito was another example of a match on this show. Oh, my God. That we've seen. Oh, my God. <laughs> this year uh yeah. this time this this year we've had them three times on major shows three times there was one in g1 as well wasn't yep. there? yeah it, i just one like, at the start one in the middle and one at the end like the sonata and i remember matches the matches with, last year and the year before it just it's happened too much and there needs to be something a little bit fresher with this yeah oh i'm, I'm another thing i'm also not very into is the reliance on booking heels and that bullet club faction as heels mm. because it felt like that main event with Jay White was window dressing for the Shibata angle and then the post-match angle mm. but it had to be 25 fucking minutes before we kind of <laughs> got there and you've got Kenta wrestling a title match and Jay White wrestling a title match and alright there wasn't interference in the Kenta match but he's still wrestling this very measured heel style mm. and none of the intensity or charisma that made Kenta Kenta is really there in these matches at this point yeah he's improved yeah he's got better it's one of the most lacklustre Ishii matches I've seen in a long time I mm. thought I saw you gave it three and, and a half on Grapple I did spot that and as soon as I saw that I thought yeah. yeah I'm not watching this <laughs> sorry everyone. yeah yeah, yeah, and then you've got Jay White in a three-star main event. Honestly, mm-hmm. Goto hasn't been there for a while. You've got Jay White in a main event doing kind of just this heel shtick that I just find so uninteresting. And it feels kind of, I get why it's there. I get that it's a bit different, but it feels a bit out of place when it's so prominent on the card at this point. Mm. And that's it. Like, I, I thought, like, I... Like again, literally just before we came live, I watched that match and the angle after it, and same as you, not much to say about the match. It was another Goto J White match. What he, what I thought he did deliver on, I mean, I thought the the belt angle afterwards was really confusing. Um, mm. Just just announce it, lads. You're doing a tournament, and there's going to be IC versus World Champion. Like everyone knows it's happening, and it's not really the most interesting thing in the world anyway. So it just feels really laboured and dragged out. But I thought he was good in that segment, and I thought he cut a promo after the show. Don't know if you saw that was really strong. Um, kind of going through his character arc and talking about how you know he shouldn't be defending the belt against Naito and that he should be the world champion. When I see moments like that, I see flourishes of what people really see in Jay White, 
and obviously I think I'm going to be the the high man if it's between me and you on him, Joe, for Jay White. Do you see it in the ring? Do you see main event in the ring? (sighs) There are times where I do it. I see glimpses of it, but... Tokyo Dome main event. Do you see that? Yeah, that's the thing. New Japan main eventer. If you told me it was a WWE main eventer, I'd say, yeah. Um... New Japan main eventer, yeah. Uh, Mate, I wouldn't have it main event in NXT shows. Really? I don't know no, about that. I think that. No, I think, think about, I know you're not a big fan of the NXT style main events in yeah, the last I don't year. Like it anyway, yeah. <laughs> Mate, give me Johnny Gargano over Jay White any day. Ooh. Yeah, all right, a lot of the stuff's rehearsed. But Johnny Gargano is far more charismatic, far more engaging, and uh, far more interesting. In the ring, I think, mate, come on, in the ring, is there any competition between Gargano and Jay White? No, because Jay White's much better. Say again. No, because Jay White's so much better. Like, I, no, I'm sorry. Oh, he's not. He's not. Think right. Think back. Over I, the, I can't the, think of the sh- last time I enjoyed the Johnny Gargano match. The rat run with Tommaso Ciampa to those belts was great. That first match he had with Champa, even the second match, until all the hijinks and stupid stunts, they were really intense matches that really delivered consistently as well, if you ask me. His runner TV matches in that build-up as well was excellent. Jay White, I, come on. This is like trying to say that, <laughs> that, I don't know, Breaking Bad is a better TV show than The Sopranos. And they're both very good. Actually, that's a bit generous on Jay White. Yeah, it's, uh, that's, that's, that's closer poor. than you're saying. Oh, I'm with you, Sopranos is better. But actually, you know what? It fits this analogy. Because, <laughs> yeah, I think it's closer I than I like that. Breaking Bad. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, to be honest, I'm probably the wrong man on Gargano because I have enjoyed the, uh, Johnny Gargano match in about two years. Um, in principle, Which, I do like Johnny Gargano as a wrestler. I always thought he was a, a very, one of the best in the world as being a babyface selling. He's just gone too far in that direction for me. Mm-hmm. You know what? He, he is. He's my Jay White. That's what it is, Joe. Everyone else raves about him. I don't see it. I think there's a very uh, there's a fair comparison there. I think we're just coming from from opposite. Johnny Gargano matches get a reaction in a, on a big stage though. Jay uh, White matches. Did this match get much of a reaction? Yeah, but he was in there with Go. So come on. Okay, apart from the Ibushi match, how many of his matches get massive reactions in a main event? Uh, the Okada match did. Uh, what the one at MSG that I was at? Not that one, no. The uh, the US, <laughs> the, the Japan one. Yeah, fair, the dome, fair. Yeah. They didn't have a match at the dome. Not the dome. Was what? it the dome? It Jay White this year, yeah. They had a match at Madison Square Garden. Fuck, they did have a match at the Yeah, they did have a match at the It was 15 minutes. 14 minutes. Yeah. Wrestled at an electric pace. Yeah. Is a Jay White epic main event getting much of a reaction? Well, this is it. We, we, we're talking about the highest... Are we thinking of this? Sorry, to interject into all of this. Jay White's I, killing, killing my interest in New Japan. The Obviously, issue... Bit the, by bit. The issue is with this is the highest level we would think of it as a as a wrestler in the world is is sort of main eventing the Tokyo Dome from the kind of wrestler as wrestler perspective. Yeah, as as like that's the kind of pinnacle within the kind of work rate that, that really should be going for. Um, if you're asking, should it be one of that top four in the way they've got it? No. However. I can see why they've done it as the simple, this is the more orthodox heel that they've thrown into the mix with this. Better wrestlers you could do it with. There are, but I think they like that character and it's... Yeah, I, they've got the great O'Kahn sitting in red for <laughs> game. Yeah. Why not? I'm up for that. You're up for that, Ben, aren't you? Big O'Kahn fan. Uh, it depends if there's hat eating on the uh, on the line there, JP. That's, uh, that's where my O'Kahn really lies. Yeah, that's... 
That's the only. That's that. That would be a Tokyo main event for us, wouldn't it? Him and MK McKinnon in the dome. That'll never happen now. Um, but yeah, I I just but, I know I've complained about Jay White on it well, over and over again. But uh. if ultimately, I and mean, this is the kind of bigger thing, I think what I'm more annoyed about is it's him and Naito because I don't have like like Joe said earlier, I just don't have faith in that match. And where they seem to be going here is kind of a. I, it looks like a kind of cake and eat your situation. It's they want to have mm. be able to push a bushy, so they give them the G one, they get into to- main event at Tokyo Dome, whilst at the same time they can potentially have that moment that Naito and the Naito redemption story, and finally bring that to a close. So they get to kind of do both here potentially. There is I a part of well. me imagining whether on January fifth it could be a potentially ha- hilarious scenario of Joe eating a roast dinner while watching Jay White become a double champion in New Japan at the same time. That's kind of not... Is that the nightmare scenario? Yeah, it really is. It really is. (laughs) While we've got a a majority Tory government that got in three weeks before. (laughs) Oh, yeah. That'd be it. You just give up then. Not this wrestling lark on the head. Yeah, that'd be the end. (laughs) That'd be it then. It would just kill you off. But I think, you know, that's ultimately the direction that they're Mm. going in. There's, I, I will say, a match that they seem to be setting up here that I'm very intrigued by, Shingo and Suzuki, which mm. looks like it could be Suzuki's match on the way out. And I think that could be really strong. There's stuff on the undercard I'm much more interested and invested in than the main event. Yeah, that's how I'm feeling right really? now as well. But again, yeah. Akana Ibushi I'm into as a match. Yeah. Within the context of the kind of storylines, it felt like they were. this is always the way they were going to go. It was the most logical way for them to possibly do it. But, you okay. know, at that point when they were all taught, when the double belt stuff was being brought in by Naito and they mentioned this, it was like, oh, okay, it's a that seems to I think, make all sense. That stuff. Like, yeah. Ibushi coming out with his little suitcase at the end of the show and just standing there like a mute, that type of stuff. I think I just want a straight build for Okada and Ibushi. I think that's what it is with that. Yes. Call. Yeah, no doubt that yeah. they'll be ticking up to five stars on Grapple or close enough uh, when it comes to the match itself. So, yeah, I think, you know, I think it's heavier this, this season, but... It is always this little season before Wrestle Kingdom where there is a bit yeah. of a dip with New Japan. I'm just hoping they rebound like they usually do. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, I hope the tag league's more interesting. I was really looking forward to seeing Aussie Open in that this mm. year. That was going to be pretty much the highlight of the interest. I'm looking, for, looking forward to a bit of time off. Yeah. I'm going to skip to yeah. forward to not watching just, it. Just get to the Tokyo Dome. JP, Unless uh, tag league Rampage Char Samuels is, is in there. <laughs> Leads very nicely on, doesn't it? Yeah, That's I might be watching one. then, yeah. yeah. Although it's Okan and Rampage. Oh, is it Okan and Rampage? They're the tag oh. champs, yeah. But sharp, honestly, the new Legion of Lords stable, <laughs> other than the Inner Circle, my favourite stable in wrestling. Oh, sharp, <laughs> Rampage, Okan, Gideon Grey as the stick man. It reminds me of, no one's going to get this reference other than JP, the cook, the thief, the wife and his lover. <laughs> By Peter Greenall. Oh, yep, and... Um, Gideon Gray is very much in the Michael Gambon role. Yeah. He's got his heavies in there with O'Carn and Shah and Rampage. They're some proper units, I tell you. Wow. It, yeah, I'm a big fan of those guys. <laughs> O'Carn, yeah, for all his faults, he's not great. He does make me laugh. <laughs> Do you follow the great O'Carn on Instagram? I haven't, no. Get on it. Hilarious. Pictures of drains. Uh, pictures of his fish and chips and mushy peas. Oh. He is fascinated by this country. Is he? Like, 
Because we saw him like wandering the streets in Manchester after that MediaCon show, looking looking like he hated the place. I'm glad to hear that that he's a he's a big Mushy Peas fan. I know from the Andy's podcast, he's I think he's hanging around with Andy Boy Simmons quite a lot. Is there a lot, a lot of Hikaleo around? Is that a, is that what his Instagram's made up? I'm gonna I'm well, literally loading look, it up now. I'm gonna follow. Looking out on the minute, there's oh yeah, there is. He's having a he's having a pint of Guinness here. Eh? He's having a Guinness fish and chips liked by Joe Lemon. Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. He's he's having a, a big fish and fish and chips there. He's taking a picture here of his washing machine. Well, it looks like it's a wash or tumble dryer like my one. Check what he's um, check the caption. Here it says British washing machines are very time consuming. In Japan it takes one hour, but seven hours or more here. He's put the wrong setting on. He's put the wrong setting on. He's put <laughs> seven hours forty five, so fuck knows what he's doing. How's your, his how long's your one take JP? Man could do a forty minute wash. Wash hands. Yeah, on. he can do that. It's it depends on the setting. I mean, he just needs to, to do that as well. He's been to a Vivian Westwood shop. Um <laughs> he's got a Vivian Westwood pin knife, which seems somewhat unnecessary yeah there's there's he's playing poker in one uh um, one of the drains can you see that one the drains they uh this yeah that's it manhole in manhole in southampton in uk <laughs> just pictures of manholes in savannah three of them i'm looking at it now brilliant oh what about yeah, stepped over them manholes in my time a very he, cool german manhole is what he put <laughs> it must be germany mate this Instagram account is money. Trust me, I'm getting great value out of it. And long may the great O'Khan stay over here and carry on succeeding. He had a cracking day at Porchester Castle um, on here. He's plenty of photos here. All right, mate. Come on. All right. Yeah, he's absolutely loving it. It's a bit where he does his sort of gimmick bit outside. Anyway, as far as New Japan young boys go, he's my favourite. <laughs> I was the uh, the cockpit in general, Joe. I, I was Good. Uh, um, the all right. lowest, yeah, lowest turnout I've ever seen there. About 130, I counted. Oh, wow. uh, yeah, hell. it was pretty empty in this capacity. Fuck 200, hell. Like 200 on the dot. So I think recent activity has definitely had an effect on RevPro's numbers because I've never seen a cockpit show that was mm. so empty. I'm... It's a shame, and clearly stuff like the York Hall show and all the shit show that went on there last time out and the last couple of really lackluster cockpit shows have kind of led to a fall in attendance, I think. Because I've been to shows in November and December there before, and they've been perfectly well attended, if not sold out. So, yeah, hopefully um, this is a sort of rebuilding phase, and they're putting some parts in place. I think they're lacking main eventers. At the moment, there's no one here who I thought they could main event. Mm. And we ended up getting the main event of Mike Bailey and I'm forgetting the name of his tag team partner. JP, do you want to help me uh, out? Mal. Uh, yeah, Mike Bailey and Mal against... Moonlight uh, Express. The Moonlight Express against that Pretty Deadly team that you were on about, Benno. Mm. And I'd never seen Pretty Deadly and I'd never seen Mal before. And here they are in a main event on their first ever Rev Pro show, <laughs> which was kind of like, all right, but tell you what, the match was fucking awesome. Oh, it was great. A good four-star match, at least, I've got that. Mao and Bailey are a great tag team. Mm. Honestly, some of the stuff they were pulling out in this was awesome. Great chemistry. Mao looks like a really, really fun wrestler. He's got a bit of a bushy about him mm. with that kind of DDT persona as well and Link. Yeah, little look as well that reminded me of a bushy. 23-year-old guy. Love to see him over a little bit more. And I'm hoping now he's a Southside Tag Team Champion. Um, that we're going to get him over a little bit more because they're going to be facing the great O'Connor and Rampage Brown at some point soon. They, they've announced it for November, I think. 
it's November now. Oh no, no, the November twenty fourth show. I think they're doing it. Are they doing? Oh, okay, yeah, that's the. I can't think where it is. That's the super uh, the J Cup. Oh, so they've announced for the J Cup show. Yeah, yeah. Oh, brilliant! Look forward to that one. Hmm. What did you think of the uh, the pretty uh, pretty daddy lads? I thought they were uh, they were great in the Manchester show that I saw. I'm surprised because. We had a whole conversation about them, didn't we? Because I was thinking, because they'd Mm. done WWE enhancement stuff, they cancelled on Riptide to do the NXT UK tapings. I'm guessing by appearing on Riptide, maybe we uh, spoke too soon and they're not signed after all. That's good news. I think think this is a one-shot because they came and dropped the belts. I think they're gone. Um, But they were good. uh, The gimmick with like Deadly Sins written on the tights was a bit new metal, (laughs) I thought, with crosses and all sorts. But as a tag team, I thought they were perfectly good. They got over on their first night here as well. Um, I wouldn't mind seeing them back, but I think, yeah, I think it might be one and done for those guys just to come in and drop the belts, if anything. But it was a way to elevate the tag team titles as well by putting them in a main event position. It's nice to have a set of tag team titles on shows, Mm. to be honest with you. Um, Going to get a good match on the card. Mate, a couple of bruises in Rampage and O'Card against a couple of pretty boys. I'm well up for a bit of that. Joe. Let's hope. You're talking about you a different tag team than I was talking about. It's pretty deadly who did progress. This is Deadly Sins, J.K. Moody and Kane Khan. They're a different team. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, shit. Mark, I sat next to Mark Buckledy and he said pretty deadly. Oh, Will Cooley was saying is. that he got deadly the as well. Deadly yeah. Sins. <laughs> J.K. Moody and Kane Khan. Oh. I thought they were perfectly good as a tag team. I've ne- never heard of them before. I oh, just well. assumed they were that team you were talking about, Benno. Sad. Uh, should have done my homework. Apologies. I've got a bit Boris Johnson and it's, I'm doing my it's, research. It's very late. To be fair, I got them mixed up with the pretty bastards from uh, WXW. So there's, uh, oh, they're not helping themselves. Are they? We have long titles, don't include the names pretty deadly. deadly. Let's <laughs> oh, leave bastards out as well, but something along those lines. Yeah, so maybe deadly sins will be back. Who knows? Fingers it's a crap. terrible name, that is. They're it? a Kiwi team, deadly oh, sins. They? Yep, they are. They, they, they were an impact pro wrestling New Zealand. Mm. Okay, fair enough. So good if they're over <laughs> they here for were, a bit on excursion for a bit of time, then yeah, good. They were yeah, pretty good. Oh, good but stuff. other than that. Carlos Roma had a really nice match with Carl Fletcher. First mm. sort of long Carlos Roma match I think I've ever seen. Oh, no, I saw him have a match with David Starr, which was very good. That was good. Dan Maloney and Amari. I was begging Red Pro to bring in Amari like two years ago. Finally, he's here after whatever he's been doing the last couple of years. And they had a great little match. I think it went under 10 minutes, but all action, really fast-paced. Amari got over instantly. Maloney is getting more and more over with each show with the Rev Pro crowd as well. Maloney's got a real connection with the crowd and he knows to get them on side. Um, I'm loving some of the driller stuff that he's doing as well. Yeah, he's not the finished article in the ring, but he's, he's going to improve over the next year or so. I've got kind of high hopes for him. Um, I'm trying to think of what else was on the card now. Great eight-man tag with the uh, Legion of Lords. They're letting Curtis Chapman do his do his thing now as Mad Kurt, which was quite refreshing. Darius uh, Lockhart, good. Darius Lockhart is good. He's got the character stuff down yeah. a bit more since I last saw him as well. Looks a real prospect, if anything. Oku, super over. Uh, Robbie X, also, God, I'm really going on about mm. like guys getting over and new guys. Here. Robbie X really got over on his first appearance as well. Perfectly good sort of eight, nine-minute match with Senza Volto. That was a lot of fun. Really want both of those guys to be back on a more regular basis. But, yeah, overall, a really fun card, if anything. And I was kind of 
considering not going and I'm really glad that I went because I had a really good time and it was worth the £15. Interesting. Yeah, I, I, you know, Red Pro going through a a tough time right now. Uh, A Mm. lot of it their own doing, not just the controversies. I just think they've had a bad year in general. Um, You know, I've got a, I've got a ticket yet, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to be coming up for the, uh, for the J Cup. uh, Good lads. Yeah, I'll be doing a day trip though. Uh, It's a Sunday, isn't it? So it's an early early start, early finish. Probably come up early, maybe have a couple of beers, a few two around. Um, But yeah, I mean, I'm, it's only because you know Pack versus Amazing Red got got announced. Like going in, I was like, ah, I'm not I'm not doing any more Rev Pro shows this year. But that was enough to get me in. I've heard not just you, Joe. You know the other people I know who go to the cockpit, which is probably at this point like ten percent of the audience. We're all very uh, very positive of it. Um, it sounds like yeah, just like they've tried to refresh things a little bit, mm. but definitely concerning that you know a venue that small or it'd be that that quiet. Uh, but again, it's I think it's some of it's their their chickens coming to roost from from twenty nineteen. Let's hope for the sake of everyone, really, they have a stronger twenty twenty. Yeah, it's I'm hoping it's a little bit of a blip um, in terms of the attendance. They they had a terrible year. There's no two ways about mm. that. I don't think no. it's going to be interesting seeing the J Cup because it seems like the tickets have gone have sold pretty well for that, and that's up against progress as well. Mm. So I'm hoping coming off the J Cup, there'll be a little bit more buzz on the promotion. A little bit more of a positive vibe around the promotion as well. They need it. They need to deliver on that show. There can't be any fuck ups on that show, and there can't be any mad booking on that show because no. they need to just deliver a serviceable, good, buzzworthy show. Definitely, yeah. They need to bring back the the people who've kind of been just wary about Rev Pro. This just needs to be a kind of make everyone a bit more comfortable again kind of show, don't they? Like almost like a reset. Um, but yeah, I'm sure I'll have a good day out. We'll uh, we'll hit a bit if you are around. Get a couple of good beers. I'll make a good day of it. And who cares how the wrestling is, JP? Yeah, it'd be good fun. <laughs> yeah, it'd be great, great lot. Sod off the wrestling. Sod that. <laughs> Definitely. As we've said earlier, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> I mean, what one other thing we were going to talk about today? We've left it late, so unfortunately, I've got a huge amount of time, but it's kind of emblematic of the the wrestling kind of landscape right now. MLW had the pay per view this weekend. Everyone, uh, I'm not sure if everyone's aware of it or not. Uh, mm. It was a very good pay per view. It was a, a bit of a mixed bag of a show, maybe in some regard from like an in ring point of view, but kind of a something for everything everybody kind of show uh i watched all of this on on sunday mlw are now on the grapple app so you can go on and add your ratings for for mlw at the moment uh, just the super fight show that that's on there but you can you can throw your ratings in there i had a hell of a time watching the show it just you know with so much else going on it doesn't always feel the most relevant thing mlw no matter how good it is but i believe you two did you just watch do you watch the uh, the main event the uh, the fatu mm. la park match um, that was it. We should yeah. probably focus the, on the, that then. Yeah, there's other stuff in on the undercard that I do want to go back and see, mm. um, particularly sort of Lawler versus Thatcher and, and a couple that of was other very things good. on there. Very good. Yeah, it was uh, not for everyone. Uh, the, the Tim Thatcher style isn't. So I gave that. I gave it three and a half. I could have gone three point seven five. I've seen very okay. mixed reviews on it. It was very much a Tim Thatcher match, but you know it lived up to the super fight billing, and I think you can say that about that match, mm. and you can say that about the main event as well. Felt like a. I wouldn't give the main event higher. I think the average is 3.95 on Grapple right now. I gave it 3.75. Yeah. I wouldn't go higher than that. But as far as something that felt like a a spectacle with the, the duel enchants and the mask ripping and the blood and the just ECW. generally... Yeah, the spectacle of it. I really enjoyed it. Um, mm. Again, wouldn't go higher than four, but where were you two uh, on this one? 
I think if I was giving it a rating, I'd probably say about three and a half. Mm. 3.25, yeah. I went. Oh, interesting. Too long. Too long. Too long. Yeah, I can see that criticism. Fatu has really does have something about him. Yeah, though. Oh, there, there's a leap he does to the outside, which is just fucking nuts. And he ended up going up most of the the, the, the walkway. Oh my God. Yeah. Like out of the ring. I was like, jeez. <laughs> and at this point, they're both bleeding as well. And it's quite nasty, deep cuts. Oh yeah. If people haven't and seen him, that, he's Umaga, but better, isn't he, JP? Yeah, he is. He's Umaga. He does occasionally fuck up that moonsault spot. But on it, Park as well was, was killing himself a bit. Um, as he, he gassed always. out early, I thought. That's oh, he did. After those German suplex spots, I yeah. think that was probably <laughs> yeah, it. And then he just thought, roll the outside, cut myself, and then, yeah, we'll do this stuff for a bit. I thought that should have been a 10 minute main event. Mm. Like, balls to the wall. Didn't know it's called the crowd, did they? they? They didn't need to, like, that was the bit that, that no, kind of they, they lost yeah. it for me. Yeah. And it dragged, but. For what it is and what they're going for, and it was it was Joe who turned around and made the ECW communists like this is really what this feels like. Really diverse crowd. As oh well. yeah, like the racial makeup of the crowd was really interesting. Like I was mm. looking at little pockets of the crowd and was like, mm. I often see a crowd this diverse at many, especially US wrestling shows. Yeah. Really. It's quite interesting the kind of niche that they've MLW got Spanish commentary. Found commentary team as well so they've mm. really worked hard on going for it now unfortunately I'd say for them as a weekend to run a pay-per-view this wasn't the weekend you don't run a pay-per-view if, if that's the audience you're going to be going for it's only a big part of your audience you're going up against Canelo Alvarez you're, you're playing with fire there plus as well you've got Masvidal versus Diaz going mm. on at the same time and, and any other myriad of sport and football and all the rest of it so it this is very easily lost in the shuffle mm. for it. And it's not, uh, I mean, you enjoyed the show, as you said, there's, you know, yeah. from what I'm getting the impression of it, there's a lot of stuff that's in that sort of three star range. It's, it's good fun. It's not a disaster mm. in any way. It, hopefully it leads to another one. Yeah, definitely. That's it. Like it, we said last week, didn't we, you know, almost I like MLW and I like impact. They both don't really need to exist. Like you, you yeah. could you could merge them in Ring of Honor, and I think you know the scene would be okay. There'd be less jobs, so maybe there is a negative there. But it's it's almost too much, you know. Good product, but not great product. I don't include Ring of Honor in that. But MLW and Impact, yeah, it's good mm-hmm. product, but not great product, and great in moments. But just the, the biggest problem with MLW and for Core Power and them is that just that AEW came along and just. I don't want to see them get swallowed up by AEW, but they're probably going to at some point because I don't know what part, what space they operate in, you know, where there's wrestling fans wanting more TV wrestling on top of everything else we've got. Because, yeah, it is very good and I enjoyed the show as a whole, you know, just scrambling through the the grapple ratings now. Lots of three-star ratings, not really much going, nothing in fact going past four. The Fatu LA Park match coming, coming closest, but... It was more, like I said, a mixed bag of a show of different things. Like we raved last mm. week of, you know, I didn't love the go home TV, but what I did love is the dynasty segments that they had on the go home TV. Absolutely loved the, the, the portrayal of MJF. I mean, MJF's great, but we're seeing him on AEW as like the singles guy. And here, you know, he's still a singles guy, but he's the leader of the faction. So there's that different 
dynamic. Yeah. And also, you know, putting him in a team with Richard Holiday on this big show, who's a very similar wrestler in type to MJF against the Von Erichs. I thought that was really good. Uh, odd place to do a Von Erichs match. I would have, you know, <laughs> I know they've uh, they've ran through uh, some maybe more Von Erich friendly towns, but bit of an odd one. But they were still over. That was fun. as more just a traditional couple of baby faces against a couple of really kind of evil heels in MJF and Holiday, mm-hmm. uh, evil heels who who showed ass and sold and uh, and put them over strong. I thought that was that was a fun fun match and fun moment on the show. Um, Teddy Hart and Austin Aries had a solid match. Uh, Austin Aries did his best to rein in some of Teddy Hart's worst impulses. Um, Teddy Hart, still Teddy Hart, he's still, you know, going to call a moonsault on the fly or, you know, land on his head or, you know, get the cat involved. You never know with Teddy Hart, but I thought Austin Aries, who is a sad case, really. Like, he looks like a, he looks like a shell of a man at this point, you know, considering he's been... He does, doesn't he? He's been to bridge in every possible promotion that he could work. He's now in MLW and he's still doing strong work. He's still an absolutely fantastic wrestler, as shown, you know, by you know having a, a stronger match with Teddy Hart than than I think most would uh, be able to do at this point uh, in their careers. It's just a bit odd that yeah, this is kind of where he's landed. He never did go back to Impact and follow up on that worked shoot. If you believe there was any work to it, uh, angle they did with him with him walking out. But again, MLW, you know, get to enjoy the the fruits of that. They get to you know. They make the best of having a Teddy Hart that most other people wouldn't touch with a barge pole. Uh, and they make the best of, you know, having an Austin Aries who is kind of persona non grata uh, everywhere else. So they That's get to play with those fun broken, of them though, isn't it? Play with them broken toys, don't they? Yeah, yeah so that was, that was fun. Loki and Brian Pillman was solid. It was a match, to be honest. Uh, that was probably one of the weaker points as far as like a an in-ring point of view. I still like Brian Pillman Jr. I think he's got something to offer. I think there's going to be... Give it a few years, but like he should be, he'll be featured in in AEW. I think. I think he'll be a be an upper mid card kind of guy there. I think he's definitely got something. Uh, so he can do something there. And yeah, the like I said mentioned earlier, I, I thought that probably the in ring highlight of the undercar was was Tom Lawler and, and Tim Thatcher. Uh, again, not a match for everyone, but. I do think, again, MLW have maybe seen a bit of the budge that Thatcher gets from the the German crowds and, you know, uh, mm. our Irish friends like the likes of Jamesy uh, and have taken a chance on him. Uh, he had a match with Harry Smith on their TV uh, a couple of months ago that I saw that was quite boring. There the can be... The, Jamesy will kill me for saying it, but some of, some of, the, uh, some of Tim Thatcher's, uh, you know that our indulgences aren't always for me uh, as much as I enjoy them when I get swept up in the, in the great atmospheres. He can, uh, he can rally around himself. Uh, but, you know, I thought the other yeah, Tom Lawler match was, was very good. It was in his wheelhouse. It was very much worked MMA style, lots of technical stuff on the floor. But again, felt like a real fight. Tom Lawler felt like a star. Be interested to see what happens with him. I know Meltzer and Alvarez were outright saying that, uh, I think is his contract up with MLW and that there's, you know, potential for him to potentially go elsewhere. I know he's a he's a friend of the podcast. Uh, you two haven't met him, but you could just see him uh, winding up somewhere. That maybe you know MLW have got plenty of use out of him uh, and have done you know a good. Mm-hmm. Jo- yeah, the good little world title run with the. Uh, well, I always enjoy his promos every week, uh, even if his matches are good but not great yet. Uh, could you see him landing somewhere else, or maybe is MLW the right kind of place for him? I'd say at this moment in time. It's not a bad place for him to go, especially if he can work some Noah. 
Mm. I think that might be something good for him and try and get his foot in the door in Japan, mm. maybe, if, with that particular style as well. I think that would be the good... I mean, I would say at the moment he'd be very much lost in the shuffle of anywhere kind of bigger than that. Mm. And I think even though with the kind of age that he is, I think another year of being here means he could kind of by mania time kind of be one of the big guys around for that weekend on the indie scene around mania weekend. If anyone so maybe it. for the time being, this isn't a bad place for him to be. He's kind of positioned very well. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, maybe. Maybe for a little bit uh, longer, this is the type of uh, place mm. he should work. But no, I thought that was a highlight. And all, you know, there was a Jimmy Havoc Stairway to Hell match with weapons that I didn't watch. Sorry, Matty. Uh, I'm not watching that. But all in all, uh, Alexander Hammerstone and David Wee Smith Jr. were solid as well. It was just a fun show. I thought, you know, as a, as a first pay per view from them, at least in this incarnation of MLW, I thought it was, you know, it was three hours exactly on fight. You know, it was well paced. It, Every match kind of had the purpose. The commentary was solid. The wrestling was solid. You know, if you've got a spare hours, spare three hours, watch it. But if you haven't, maybe watch watch the the twenty minutes of uh, of Fatu in LA Park. Um, but again, you know, who's actually got a spare three hours or even a, a spare it. twenty minutes at this point, lads? Yeah, that's it. There is that's the that's the most valuable commodity of all time. <laughs> Indeed. Um, but yeah, anything else you guys want to talk about before we go? Uh, obviously, we haven't really mentioned NWA this week. We'll probably catch up on them more next week. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to mention before we go? Well, uh, that valuable commodity time, we're out of time. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. JP, would you like to do any plugs then uh, before we do go? I would. I'd like to, first of all, plug um, a show that I did on, on Pro Wrestling Torch with Alan Farrell, mm. um, which was excellent. Managed to do that on sun, Sunday morning. Ignore the predictions bit at the end. Obviously, I've got that massively wrong now, <laughs> the benefit of hindsight. Um, but it was great. We did uh, more Liger. So over the next couple of months, you're going to hear me popping up on various Liger-related things. But we were talking about... Guy, you're going to be crying into your roast on Jan 5th, aren't you? <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so will you when Jay White wins. So will I when I'll be tasting your hard Yorkshire puddings. Dad, they'll be all right. Not hard. They'll they'll be good. Um, Sounds like a euphemism, this. (laughs) But... Uh, so yes, we were. Uh, I was on that on on Sunday, and what we do is uh, it was really kind of Alan Tavis on, basically discussing Liga and uh, Young Lions matches. So uh, go and have a listen to that. Yeah, really good, really good chat. Um, obviously, absolutely knows his stuff, and he's a top bloke as well. So yeah, have a listen to that, and I'm on Twitter. As the as the you know your stuff as well, JP. I I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it as a listen. Uh, oh, I, th- I thought yeah. the uh, especially the first ten minutes, just hearing about kind of your <laughs> your fandom as a journey. You know, coming from uh, maybe a different place than a lot you know the like. So I thought it was really interesting hearing that it was Joe that maybe introduced you a bit more to the uh, the Twitter and message board world. And now yes. it's gone the other way. <laughs> Joe's yeah. you've seen the was light, it? mate. Yes. I don't know if it was. In terms of wrestling Twitter stuff, yeah. Believe it or not. Was it? Because yeah. I wasn't that active ever. Message You're more Twitter. active than I was. And I'm barely active now. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> I enjoyed that anyway. I, I was never really invested in that world ever. Uh, no, but it was the introduction and telling and talking about the kind of message boards because I wasn't on them yeah, at the, I was at on the them time. Sort of, yeah. um, 2004 to 
nine, I'd mm. say. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was kind of a big period for me. And then Twitter took over. Um, but yeah, listen to it for that. Listen to your, uh, your story about uh, going to uh, Boots to buy WCW videos as well. Enjoy oh, that yeah. too. So definitely listen to it as well as all the Liger stuff. Mate, I convinced myself over years that Chamber of Horrors match was clearly one of the great matches of all time. <laughs> Because the first video I bought from Boots was Halloween Havoc 91. That was the first match. I was like, bit of me, this. Chattanooga, <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah, all over it. Rick Rude debuts. Amazing. That, that card will never be anything but a five-star card to me. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, but yeah, speaking of Liger, obviously, as I mentioned a couple of times, uh, my episode yeah. of WH Park's uh, Thunderstruck uh, appeared on Post Wrestling yesterday, Sunday, uh, as time of recording. Uh, we talked his, uh, his match with Daniel Bryan, Daniel, Bryan Danielson at Ring of Honor in 2004. Exactly 15 years ago yesterday, that was. Uh, crazy. Jesus. Uh, considering how much time has gone. But yeah, we talk a little bit about about the match but most of it's just talking uh, Gabe Sapolsky's bad commentary throwing streamers ring of honor fan stories I think you'll enjoy it Joe if you uh, once if you do uh, manage to get to it a golden era in both it. of our lives I want to rewatch the match first Good which lad. I'll do, do what I sometime this week I'm sure available on YouTube for anybody to watch so yeah check that out Joe you got anything to plug should people follow you on grapple maybe can we plug that if they want <laughs> <laughs> Lemsip no peas I think it is one pea on grapple I'm not a clue I think it might be three classic Joe I don't know I you, you guys. <laughs> you'll find he's them he's gone anyways. beyond the search, eyes here mate search Joe Lemon you'll find them uh, search me or JP too check our ratings out follow JP on Twitter at JP JP me at Benson Richard E follow Grapple uh, at Grapple app and yeah to download the app and, and do all that good stuff uh, we'll be back next week catching up on maybe some wrestling maybe some non-wrestling stuff uh, we'll see what happens in the week but yeah we'll uh, we'll catch you all again next Monday or Tuesday we'll see bye